Support for this episode comes from user testing. Reading minds is hard. Good news is you don't have to. Remove the guesswork by including direct customer feedback using user testing at each stage of the product development process. Companies need to move quickly to build experiences that meet changing customer expectations, all while minimizing risk and costly rework. With user testing, you can get rapid feedback from your target audiences so that you can make higher confidence decisions earlier and faster. Design, develop, deliver, and optimize products and experiences with confidence and less risk. Start your free test today at usertesting.com slash vox. When you've got that massive historic PFL versus Bellator card, it is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that that seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Eblen against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down this Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, January 5th, 2022. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to the program. I'm Ariel Hawani. It's a cold, rainy, icy day here in New York City. A lot of bad driving out there, a lot of accidents. So if you're home, if you're cuddling, if you're all cozy, I hope you're watching us. And I hope you're doing well. I hope you're safe and sound, all healthy, all those good things. We had the award show on Monday. It was a great time had by all. Thank you very much, New York Rick. Nowhere to be found, of course, on this Wednesday. Thank you very much, GC. Back in the saddle over there in the control room. And now we are back to our regular show. No more tuxedos or reminiscing. It's time to move on with things. No more Happy New Year's. No more none of that. All right? It's January 5th. Time to move on. Okay? We're in the swing of things now. 2022, well underway. Five days in. My cutoff, three days. And I'm not trying to steal a Curb Your Enthusiasm bit here. Three days. We're done with the Happy New Year's. All right? We're moving on. We've got a lot to get to, a lot to focus on, and I love this show. I love this this lineup, a nice little four-pack of guests later on in the program. We're going to be joined by the GOAT, Artem Lobov. I've been trying to get Artem Lobov on this program for quite some time, ever since he announced his retirement back in early August. So this was even before we relaunched the show. Uh, he's coming on 
to talk about a few things today. I'm looking forward to catching up with Artem, one of my favorite guests in the history of this program. Tommy Fury is going to join us at 2 o'clock to talk about, obviously, the whole Jake Paul thing, what happened, the injury, how he's feeling, all that and more, where he goes from here. He was just in New York, just flew back home to the U.K., feeling pretty good, I'm told, and uh, what a mensch, right? You know, you, you fly across the Atlantic, across the pond, and you're probably tired, a little jet lag, coming on the show at 2 o'clock. I'm looking forward to that. Derek Lewis is going to join us as well, the Black Beast, who I've been hounding to come on this program for a very long time as well. Wouldn't do it. Beats Chris Dacus. He'll do it. We'll have a great guest to lead off the show as well. Of course, uh, later on in the program, GC will check in. We never even... You know, put 2020, 2021 to bed with GC in terms of his last betting performance of the year. That was December 18th, the Lewis Dacus card, Jake Paul, that stuff. So we'll we'll recap that, look ahead uh, to the year to come, and I'll also, of course, answer your questions on the nose. You know where to leave the questions. We've got a bunch already, and so I'm looking forward to that. Before we get into our... First guest of the day, a quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings. As you know, this show is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only the UFC, the NFL, and most importantly, the MMA Hour. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. And please do use the code, the MMA Hour, for a special offer when you sign up. Again, that's code, the MMA Hour, only at DraftKings. Please support them because they support us. So on Monday, we did the award show. I was teasing the guests. I said we talked about one of our guests on the award show. We talked about Lewis. We also talked about our first guest, who I thought had an amazing 2021 campaign, went 3-0, and three finishes, three quick finishes, and not only that, has this amazing following. And in the world of Reebok and in the world of the Apex and everyone looking the same and feeling the same, this man has done an amazing job of breaking through. In fact, he's on a four-fight winning streak dating back to the end of 2020, uh, and I think he's one of the most improved fighters in the UFC. It's always great to catch up with uh, Tai Tuivasa, a.k.a. Bam Bam. And he's kind enough to join us right now, leading off the program from Dubai. There he is. What's up? What's up, Bam Bam? How are you, Use? Us? Uso? How are you, brother? How do you say it? Use? Uso. 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 I'm not that cool. You're way cooler than I am. It's great to talk to you. It, it took me like four days to find you, to locate you after the win in December, because I think you just fell off the grid there, celebrating in Las Vegas. I'm not the best person to try and reach after a fight, I don't reckon. <laughs> what does it look like? <laughs> probably for a few months. Probably for a few months. <laughs> well, here we are, uh, almost a month later. Can you tell us, like, what do those 24, 48 hours look like after a win like that in Las Vegas for you? Ah. Uh... It's all blurry to me. <laughs> do, you, do you even go to bed? I, uh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't know. We are actually. I think I blacked out maybe for a little bit there, but then once you wake up, you you know you get back on the horse and you keep going. That's right. That's right. Um, well, congratulations on the win. You're actually in Dubai right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in Dubai. So is this your home now? I think it's my second home now. Yeah, that's for sure. It's uh, <clears throat> Dubai's a, a great country, but it's also it's very it's very lenient on uh, on like uh, all this COVID right. uh, kind of uh, whatever's going on. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's good for me. I, I get to train. I get to uh, I get to go to the pub uh, and all that. But Australia's opened up now, so I'm thinking I'm probably going to go home soon. So 
crazy story with uh, Novak Djokovic. You, you reading about this right now in Australia, going on as we speak? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, uh, Harry. I don't. I don't watch any news. I don't watch TV. Good, I don't good, really, good. Uh... Well, you know, he got. He's playing in the Australian Open, and uh, yeah. I guess he got an exemption. And now they're they're like questioning him, and he's in like a room at the airport right now, going on as we speak. And everyone's like, he has no phone, and they're questioning his exemption. And you know who Novak Djokovic is, right? He's like one of the biggest tennis stars. Yeah, the tennis player. Yeah, so he's uh, he's over there in in Melbourne or Sib- Sydney? Is he Sydney? Where, where's the Australian Open? Probably Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne, right? Yeah, so it's just a crazy thing going on as we speak. Um, so so I hear you on that. So, but your 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 son isn't there, right? Uh, my son just went back. So he was here in Dubai and now he's just gone back. He starts school soon. So that's kind of the, the bigger reason why I want to go back home. I want to, uh, you know, send him off to school and, and do the whole daddy thing. You know what I mean? Of course. Well, because I saw you posted a video in the midst of camp before the uh, November fight that never came to fruition. You seem very homesick. It's it's tough to be a dad and be so far away from your son, right? Uh of course, but I'm always homesick. I love my, I love my hood. I love my area. Uh, I'm a big representative of that. But I got to work. Uh, like a lot of Australian fighters, you know, went through ups and downs. And I kind of saw it the year before. You know, it really kind of stuffed me up the year before. So I just didn't want to take that risk. I had, I had big plans in, in mind for 2021, and and luckily I, I did what I, you know, did what I thought I was going to do. So when did you make the move to go train in Dubai? I've been here for a year now, okay. pretty much. A year, yeah. So you pretty much... So I, like- I, come, I, come, I come just before New Year's last year. Okay. And, and you pretty much felt like you won't be able to progress in your career given what's going on. You needed to get out. You need to find somewhere else to train. Well, everyone was in lockdown. There was yeah. no gyms open. I trained in the car park for the for the last bit of uh, Greg Hardy's fight, you know what I mean? And wow. I just thought, yeah, I, I, don't, I need to do, I need to be able to do better than this before I can uh, go on. And then had uh, Sean Sullivan over here in Dubai and they had a good team. So thought it was good to go here and my best mate come over here. So, you know, everything kind of went that way. And then I didn't have the, I wanted to go to America, but I, I couldn't go for my last camp because uh, I didn't get my visa in time. I remember talking to you right before the pandemic and you were going to AKA and of course you were there right when everything hit you bought like I think 10 pounds of corned beef with Daniel Cormier right (laughs) everyone's buying mad DC DC talks shit at me he wanted to he wanted to eat half the corned beef himself he's carrying on (laughs) everyone's freaking out everyone's buying masks and sanitizer you're buying corned beef Fuck the mask and sanitizer. I want the food. <laughs> if I'm going to die of something, it better be of starvation. <laughs> Don't worry about all that. Oh, my God. It's one of my favorite stories. Um, but so I was going to ask, did you consider going? Because you never I feel like you never really got to live, you know, the AK life over there because of everything that happened. Are you considering going back at some point or do you feel like you've got something special going on here? Oh, no, I'm definitely going to go back to AK. Um here I've got a good support crew, a uh, good you know, good good bunch of friends and and good coach Sean Sullivan. You know, he just helps me make sure I get the job done. But to get the real to get the real you know the nitty gritty work, I need the bigger people. I need the the more experience. So I definitely have to go back to AKA for that and um, just learn soak it up. You know, what I mean? especially yeah. I, I I enjoy wrestling now and I really think I'm getting better at it. So 
not that I'm going to go out and, and, and shoot on anyone, but, you know, I, I want to get good at it to the point where if that does come to the point, I'm ready to roll. I remember, uh, I think actually the last time, you know, you've become such a big star now. You're hanging out with all these famous people. It's hard to get in touch with you. But I think the last time, <laughs> Nelk Boys, Elk Ooh. Boys, I don't know who you're hanging out with. You're all, you're so famous now. <laughs> I mean, golly. I see I see those diamonds in your ears over there. I mean, you're big time now, Us. I mean, come on. Look at that. You're big time. Oh, They're I'm, fake. They're fake. <laughs> Everything's fake. You know that. <laughs> but I, I, actually, the last time I think we spoke was right before the Stefan Strew fight. And, you know, you were, you know, that, that's the kind, see, I come to people when they're on losing streaks, you know, I, I'm, I'm there. I don't, I don't jump off the bandwagon. You know what I mean? I just want to let you know I'm loyal like that. But I, so can you go back and, and cause we were talking about your confidence and how you're feeling. And if you felt like you were, you know, fighting for your career and all that, now that you're safely away from that time, right around this amazing winning streak, how were you feeling going into that? That was the fight that turned things around for you, right? Now you've got four finishes in a row. Were you starting to worry about your career and your future in the UFC? I, I, I've never really worried. I think I said it as well. I'm not worried about um, my confidence. My confidence has always been, I'm a fighter. So I, I believe deep down inside, you know, I'll fight. If my back's against the, your back, back's against the wall, I'll fight. You know, it doesn't matter who it is or, or where it is. But I think it was more my head wasn't in it. You know what I mean? And when you get to a certain kind of level, I kind of rushed it and I, and I was all over the place. I went from fighting in little Australian shows to to to, to main to mainlining cards and, and this and that, you know what I mean? And it was just, I, I probably got a bit mixed up in it. I probably got a bit caught up in it. I just had to fix a few things and I had to really figure out what I wanted to do with myself, you know? And I really think that, I enjoy this fighting stuff. I've always loved fighting. I, I love. I just love punching people and getting punched and the blood. I, I, I love it all. You know what I mean. But to to become a like a proper professional, I think I needed to just fix a few things. You know what I mean. I haven't changed myself that much, but just a few other things on the side that I had to fix up. Dare I ask, like, what are those things? What, what does a professional need to to fix up to get on track? I don't think I was happy with myself. I didn't think I, I didn't. I don't really think I knew if I wanted to fight. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know. I love fighting, but I didn't know if I wanted to do it full time. I don't think I was taking uh, training as serious as you should take it. Just, just, just little shit like that. You know what I mean? Nothing, nothing too extreme, and just a few, few certain things. But I still drink. I still have fun. I still, you know, I still do all the, the same shit. But when I go to training now, I have a different mindset. My, you know what I mean? I, I never thought about that. I just thought about the fight. Mm. Now I kind of think about the training. I think about the preparation, the eating good. The, I, I don't yeah, know. Whatever, whatever it takes to be a professional. I'm, yeah. I'm, only, <laughs> I'm only learning. So, <laughs> you know, someone all that help stuff. You? Someone help you get on that track? No, losing. Losing helped me. Mm. Um being being uh, being being punched and being being uh, defeated in front of your family, in front of your friends, uh, not just the, also the world. Yeah. You know what I mean. But um, that shit means a lot to me. You know what I mean. Uh, my mum's gonna see me sitting there with blood over my face, and that, you know what I mean. I don't want to, and I want to go in there next time. If I do lose, losing's okay. But if I lose, I want to go in there and say, "Oh fuck, I had a crack. Right. I, I I put my all in. I had a crack, and I lost." And that's sweet. But I know I had more and I've, I've still got more to give. And I think that I'm just getting started in, in this game. You know? I mean, I'm still one of the youngest. 
Why do you think people love you so much? Like you, you really have connected with people. You, you've become a true fan favorite. It's hard to break through in this day and age with all the fights and all the fighters. You have done that. Why do you think that you're able to do that? Um, but I'm just, I'm just real. I'm from where I'm from. I, I, I still go back to to where I'm from, from the hood, and my my family still live there. I can't, like, I just can't change. No amount of money or no matter, you know what I mean? Uh, from a place where it takes more than than any of that to try and change people, you know what I mean? I have to change it through through doing. So I'm out here trying to just do and, and hopefully, you know, I've got a lot of young people changing their ways now and we're making a big wave out where I'm from in Australia. So I'm really happy, but yeah, I, I just got to, it's about changing our ways. Are you comfortable being a role model to those to those people back in Western Australia? Like, do, do, do you like the idea? Are you comfortable with that idea? Western Sydney. Western, Western Sydney. Sydney. You know, I said it, I said it, and I knew it was wrong. You know why I was thinking of Western <laughs> Australia? Can I tell you why? Just to be honest, I was thinking of Daniel Ricardo, who's from Western Australia, Perth. I was going to ask you about the, the shoey that he did. So, like, my whole brain, you know, Western Sydney, Australia, it's hard for me. I'm not from there, okay? I'm trying. I'm trying my best, hi. No, no, you do, you do, you're do. doing great. You're doing great. You're doing great. Right, sorry, sorry. I just had to, the, yeah, no, that's no, my listen, 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 you, listen. You I, had got to, I had to pick you up, you know what I mean? West side, West side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but are, I know it's a tough part of town, right? Is that accurate? It's a tough part of town? Yeah, yeah. I would imagine you're a role model to a lot of the people there. You are the symbol of someone who got out and is doing good and is successful. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah. I'm very comfortable, but the other thing that I that I make clear to, especially a lot of the young people where I'm from, is I didn't uh, I didn't change and become a uh, a scientist. Hmm. I I get locked in a cage and I and I punch someone's head in for a living. It's not much. Uh, do you know what I mean? You you can. You can remain the same, but you just got to have a different, uh, different thought of, of things. Mm-hmm. If that, if that kind of makes sense. Yep. Okay. Uh, when do you plan on going? And back? yeah. Um. Well, my son starts school. Uh, end the start of February, so I, I want to be back. Um, before then, I've just got a few things I have to finish off here in Dubai. Uh, Dubai is a great country, and there's a lot of op- it's, it's it's a world of opportunity here. So. I definitely want to be back and forth from here in the, here in Australia. Now you know I love you, but I want to call BS on something. Okay, I'm calling BS. You you, you have made the Shuey famous worldwide. You're the guy. People think of you. They think, but now I feel like it's getting corporatized. Now it's like the guy's not really wearing the shoe. They're like marketing the drink. I don't even know if it's real beer. Like what is going on? Like that that last one. That was that was like a brand new shoe. You know, it has to be worn. What do you mean my last one? The last one. Which the, one? The one in December. The last one. That was like a whole thing with those guys. Steve. Yeah. It was the same shoe I did I did the same fight uh, my same fight before. Yeah, same shoe, but it looked brand new. It looked like it hadn't been worn. No, I had toe jams all in it. I could sniff it. <laughs> what was the drink? Was it actual <laughs> beer? Actually, that was a beer. It's happy that it was. Uh, Those are happy. Well, I, I, I'm I'm trying to get my beer in there soon. Drink. Oh, uh, drink. West is gonna is gonna be. He's gonna make an appearance soon. Don't worry about that. Okay, what's your but beer? We're, we're making. Drink West. That's a beer. Yeah, yeah. I made my own beer about uh, about a year ago. Me and Tyson Pedro actually. So. Sick. Yeah, yeah. So we got our own beer. We we sell it in the area where we're from and out in West of Sydney. We've been sold out a few times, but we got we got bigger plans ahead. So that's what I need to go home for as well. I need to uh, 
I've got a big year planning stuff as well. So. so you've had that beer for a year. How come they're not throwing you that beer? Like, I mean, that's like the perfect marketing tool. We, we, Ariel, we're getting there, man. Okay, we're getting there. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I saw oh, some. Oh, come on, us. <laughs> come on, us. You, you, you're running. You're attacking me. You're attacking I'm not attacking me. I saw something on your Instagram. What is this thing that you have here? You're doing it on the balcony. You're drink. It looks like a like a like a shoe, but there's like a funnel. What? No, I saw it. What? Well, you're not gonna believe it. Yeah. I, I was gonna do this interview at home, but I was at the pub, so we had to we had to come back to my uncle's house, uh. and, <laughs> and I don't have it. But uh, and we're showing the, it right now. We're showing in, the clip. Oh, you're showing it. We're showing. It. Right, play, well, play it again for me, guys, if you don't mind. What is that thing that you you, you invented this? That's the Shui Vasa. That's the Shui Vasa. It's a, it's a little uh, drinking device I've, I've come up with. And uh, it'll be on sale soon. It looks incredible. For everyone to you, you came up with that. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well. The thing is, right? A lot of people don't want to do uh, shoes out of dirty shoes, and they think it's uh, there, there's a bit of a barrier there. Sure. You know what I mean, so I wanted to make the shoe available for everyone, the, for grandmas, for moms, aunties. You know what I mean? So this year, you just put the, your beer can or your, or your or your beer bottle in the in the end. You got the funnel, it's like a beer bong, and just I love boom, it. Crack away. Is this available yeah. yet, or not yet? Uh, it's not available yet, but uh, you know, follow my Shui Vasa page, and it'll be out soon. It looked nice on this set. I'll tell you that much. Dubai's not a bad city to to, to have in the background. You know what I mean? No, I mean my set. My set here. No, it oh, like the, oh, you're, yeah. well, I'm sending you one. I'm okay, sending okay, you okay. one. Once, <laughs> once, they, once they land, I'm sending you one straight away. Now, again, is Done. that is that in the spirit of the shoey? If it's not an actual shoe, like it looks like a shoe, but it's not one that you're wearing. Just, I just want to know. I'm, 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 I'm new to this. I didn't want to copy another another shoe that I like because uh, okay. I didn't want to get in trouble by uh, any. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be smart. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, you make me feel <laughs> no. like, come on. Did I'm you... half drunk, and you're already trying to make me feel. You know what I mean. It's dumber than I am. You know what I mean. Uh, but did you see Ricardo do it when he won the the race a couple of months ago? And if so, what do you think of his form? Good form, right? He's done it for. He's done it for a long time. He, he's been. Uh, he's very famous on that on that side of the the racing stuff. He's done it forever. He's 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 a pro. You know what I mean? Yeah. Legend. He's, he's, he's up fan. there. He's up there. Yeah, he is. He is. I message him on uh, on uh, Instagram. We talk. Yeah, he's a legend. Um, by the way, I don't know if you saw this, but when you did it in December, I tagged Stone Cold Steve Austin because it's very Stone Cold like what you did. And then he gave you the A plus. You see that? You see me bringing you to Stone Cold? That was, was that you? That was, was that me. you? I did it. I made it happen. Come on. How cool is that? <laughs> Go away. That was good. Come right? on. That must have been That's cool you, for you, huh? right? Get the, the Bro, I grew up watching him. I grew up watching my nana. My nana loves wrestling. She's she's a massive fan of wrestling. So that was really big for me. Are you channeling a little bit of him when you do that? Because the way you catch it and everything, like it feels a lot like him. Uh, same, same, but different. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. same, same, but different. <laughs> um, it's great. but it's just it's just a, it's a, it's a different kind of. Obviously, there's a there's a thrill of the fight. And then there's a different thrill when, when I, when, you know, when I jump on that cage and, and you hear the roar of people. It's like, I love it. It's it's so good to have the crowd back as well. So I wanted to ask you, obviously, the the, the natural question: Who's next? Who you want next? Blah blah blah. But then I saw you uh, you posted something on your Instagram, but I don't like. I recognize the body. I, that looks familiar to me. <laughs> that looks like a guy that, that resides in uh, Gilroy, California. I, I've seen that body before. <laughs> 
Who's the face? Who's the face over there? He's the guy that does all those bloody videos. <laughs> Which guy? I don't even know his name, but he's just I just want to fight the guy. He makes me angry. The guy, which guy? Which guy? The guy that makes people go in circles when they're attacking him. I don't know. He just <laughs> the police got magic guy? or something. The police with the gun? <laughs> yes, him. I want to fight him. <laughs> Why do you want to fight that guy? <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see if, if I can shoot him or if I can fight him properly. I don't know. If he can make me turn in circles. I don't know. I just want to see if it's real. You know what I mean? I, I just want to let the people know the uh, truth. So everyone's going in the direction of Jake Paul. You want the cop. I, I'll take the cop all day. <laughs> Who made that Photoshop, by the way? It's fantastic. To be honest, I saw it on Instagram and I had to screenshot it. I had to screenshot Do you know what? I didn't even know it was DC's body until someone read it and I was like, fuck. I was like, Shit. I was like, that's my boy's body. And I was like, I had to. I said, I just said, no face, no case. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, okay, <laughs> it's oh, not DC's God. body. It's someone else's. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to out you there. Um, realistically, though, who does, you know, we have a guest coming up that I feel like a lot of people would love to see you fight. Uh, the Black Beast. Is that the guy? The Black Beast. Yeah, yeah. I like, I, I'm a massive fan of Derek, yeah. uh, Derek Lewis, but I, I, I do this for the fans, and, and I, I would love to. I'd love to step in the cage with him one day. But uh, I think he's a bit up for me at the moment, especially coming off his last win. But definitely, I, I would. I, I would. Uh, I'd love to fight uh, Derek Lewis. I think uh, we both got good personalities. We both. We are the fun of this heavyweight oh, division. Yeah. Other than us, we're all fucking cardboard boxes you know what I mean but <laughs> like but yeah he's, he's, he's a great opponent he's a great guy I'm a big fan of Derek Lewis so I don't know and I, I that's the way I like I, I prove myself I think to be the best you got to fight the best and I would definitely love to fight Derek Lewis I think that would be like one of the the biggest fan favorite fights in UFC history like Everyone loves both of you. I don't think anyone wants to see you lose. You're so much fun. The build-up to that fight, I think, would be hilarious because you're not much, you know, like you're just kind of self-deprecating. You you don't care. You don't do the trash. Oh, my God. I would pay a lot of money for that. But, I, by the way, I disagree with you. I don't think you're that far off from him. I think you should feel a little strongly about your position. Oh. I mean, you're four in a row, four finishes in a row. You're rolling right Charles. now. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Uh, how, how far away are we from you returning? Um. Well, not uh, not in the next couple of weeks. That's okay. for sure. No, I know that, but like, are we thinking March, April? Are we thinking later than that? Yeah, March, April, March. I, they've they've uh, my managers hit me with a couple of names. Oh, well, one name anyway. But oh, I'm a yes man, Ariel, and and uh, I've said it before. You know, as long as I try and uh, increase my contract <laughs> and my pay, I do this. I do this to support my family and and give my son a better life, but. Uh, yeah, we're definitely looking at the top, you know, top six and up. So, and I and I said I'm going to come for everyone this year. So, and, and I'm going to stick by it. Wait, so you already said yes to a name? You're holding out? Uh well, we didn't. There's still a date. I <laughs> right. said yes to a name. Okay. I said yes to a name, but yeah. we haven't confirmed the date. Sure, sure, yes. interesting. Okay, so you said top six. I mean, I could kind of try to figure it out right now, but uh, you know. I don't know. Well, you're probably the smartest guy in, in this whole uh, no, I mean, type, of, looking, you type said of shit. But. Surreal's fighting Francis, so those two guys are out. Definitely not Stipe, because he's kind of waiting. We got Blades, we got Volkov, Rosenstrike. That's pretty much it. You said no to Lewis, not yet. 
unless you're throwing me a card. I didn't say no to no, no, I've no, never no, said no, no to no, anybody. No, 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 no. I, I mean, like you just say. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. I mean, like you said, you said no. Anybody, yeah, I know, I know, anybody. I, <laughs> I mean, like anybody. Yeah, you said it, it seemed like you were saying not yet, not yet. Like you didn't think it would happen yet. Well, I don't think they would. If they yeah. said, "Would you sure. fight?" Well, then I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, do you? Uh, but I think that I should fight him for more money. Don't you reckon? On one thousand percent. Well, I don't know. I don't know what well, you that's, make. That's but a, I think I'm, you should be making five. I'm trying to. I'm trying to work that. I'm trying to work that way. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I want to. You're a star. If I win this next fight. I go for a bigger contract, and then and then we go on from there. You're a, oh, this is the last one. This is my last one on, my, on this Good bunch. Man. Yeah. Good man. Oh, you're a huge star. I, I saw Sean O'Malley say uh, you're his favorite fighter. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah me, and Sean, me and Sean always, uh, <laughs> we talk, and uh, it's good we've been fighting on the same card uh, the last few times. And and like I said, he's, he's a showman as well, so it's good we're on the same card. We give the, we give the fans what they want. Yes, I also like the Ty and Kai show. That's a nice little storyline as well. Yes, yes. We had a good a after party too. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd you guys? Do? He won the bonus. I won the bonus. Right, right, right. Yada yada. It's good. Um, Australia, New Zealand, we're brothers. It's good. Uh, do you uh, curious? Do you drink during camp? No, no, no. I don't. Wow. So when does it end? I'm a man of uh, extremes. So if I'm training, I'm training. Try and eat good, do all that, all that bullshit. And then when I'm not, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I'm at the buffet. I'm at the bar. <laughs> so, so, so I'm that whatever that drink that you have, like in the shoe, that's like your first one in months, right? When you have it on the kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, usually, yeah. Okay. Definitely. That's you. why I try to do as many as I can before I get out of there and see how pissed I could get. Sure, sure, of course. How many did you have on uh, what was it, December 11th? That's we had a we had a thing at the, I had a bit of an argument with one of the guys. Uh, yes. He was just really pushing me out of there and, and just really put me off. You know what I mean? Like, I feel that the fans come to watch me knock people out and and do shoes. And I've got some guy who's not even a ref or he doesn't even work for UFC. He's fucking pushing me in the back trying to get me out of there. And I was wow. just like, "Come on, bro. Come on, man. Yeah, chill out. Yeah, so, so it was like a security guy or an uh, arena official. To be honest, I think he works for like the. The Las Vegas, the the like the officials yeah, kind. Of, I don't yeah. know. I, to be honest, I don't even know what he does. He he should have just been enjoying the view. But yeah, seriously, he don't wasn't. try to be a hero, bud. All right, we're we're coming here to watch you drink. There was one guy. I don't know if you saw it afterwards. He put it in the shoe and then he doused himself with it. Did you see that? Like he didn't. He, like he totally messed it up. <laughs> he just took a shower and then I'm watching it. I'm like, this guy's gonna have to sit there for five hours in a beer shower. What an idiot, this guy. Hey, this is what my my people's my people's are, my people's are real. They're loyal, like they're loyal. They're, they're ride or die, you know what I mean. And that's that's what I like to see. If you could do a shoe with one person on the planet, famous person, celebrity, I don't care who it is. Who who's that person? Leonardo DiCaprio. I love him. That's your guy. That's my guy. Why him? Uh, I love his. I love. I love him. Or he does. I love how he. He's, he's, he, he, I love his movies. I love his, and I just think he's, I just think he's a like he's just, he's just a shit. I'd love to go out with him. I'd love to hang out with him. Oh my god, what a life that man has lived. Um, by the way, uh, I think he's a big UFC fan. Like I recall him being at some fights in the past. So I feel like this can happen. 
Let me call Dana Ooh, right now and set it me up. up. I'm going to call Dana now and set yeah. it up. <laughs> well, well, you said me and Steve Austin up. Set it up. I'm the matchmaker. What do you think of this, by the way, Ty? I want to show you something before I let you go. What do you think of this little bad boy right here? Talking about Western Australia. What do you think uh, of that? What do you think a little of that? AFL jersey. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. You know who this is? It's uh, Aboriginal colors, but I don't know what team it is because I'm from I'm from New South Wales. Uh, AFL is not too big in New oh, South Wales. Oh, I thought everyone watches it. Nah, I can't say that. Oh. oh, it's a different league? I can't say I've ever watched a full game of AFL. Really? So what do you watch? Yeah, never. What do you watch? Uh, Pornhub. <laughs> Stop. I mean, what? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no you, I just you asked me. I didn't know. I didn't, oh, I mean, no, um, no, this is like a different league. Is there a different league? Oh, yeah, of course. There's all different leagues. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, God bless. Well, we have Derek coming up next. So I'm going to tell him that you said you uh, want to fight him next. You've laid down the challenge. I see you like to be a bit of a shit stirrer, don't you? Me? <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, you. What is Dylan Danis going to bash you or no? Is that, I see you and Dylan Danis or like, what, what's the go Listen, there? Listen, you come at the king, you best not miss. All right, you want to talk smack Ooh. behind your keyboard? <laughs> Kiyawani's coming for you. Okay, what do you think? Don't be fooled. Don't be fooled. Okay, Us? don't be fooled. All right? That's my boy. Come on. That's my Drink another boy. for me. Drink another for me right now. I'm not a shit stir. I keep it real. Let's go. Let's go, Ty. Let's go. Take it down. Let's go, baby. Bam, bam. Number one. This time next year, the heavyweight champion of the UFC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. Much love, my man. Talk to you soon. You all right? Almost. Okay, much love. Don't forget who was there. Don't forget who was there when no one was throwing shoes your way, all right? Don't forget, all right? Never. Respect. Never. Respect. All right? Respect. There he is. Bam Bam Tuivasa, <laughs> the man. Woo. <laughs> Quick word from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers who deposit $5 or more can get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 back in a bonus bet. Yes, a lot going on now in the NBA as they turn the page on the, uh, the midway point, although it's a little bit past the midway point. All-Star game. Bit of a mixed bag, but forget about all of that. The Knicks about to make a run with Julius coming back, with OG coming back. I wonder what the Knicks... I think they're like a plus four or five hundred. What is this song, Frank? This sounds like... Uh... Elevator music? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyway, you can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code DMMAR. New customers can get a no-sweat bet of up to $1,000 if your first bet loses... Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or if you're in New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. No sweat bet. One no sweat bet, excuse me, per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash promos. For deposit, wagering and eligibility restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. This sounds like uh, the music that on my phone, my kids play these phones, uh, these games on my phone that they download off the app store. This sounds like the music on some of those games, you know? Yeah, it's good to 
you know, have those memories. That was incredible. This guy is an unbelievable star. Like, how do you not root for that guy? And how do you not root for our next guest? Jeez Louise, this might be the best back-to-back uh, booking combo of my life. Tai Tui Vasa, Derek Lewis, I'm crying already. Golly. That was a big beer, by the way. How many milliliters was that? Sheesh. Now, it is 10 o'clock over there. Uh, no, it's... Uh, is it 10 o'clock? Yeah, they're nine hours ahead. So it's nine, it's uh, nine, 10, 10 30, 10 30 um, over there in Dubai. I love when the Australian fighters are over there in the UAE uh, because, you know, when they're in Australia, you have to wake them up in the morning. I feel bad. It's 7 30, it's 8 30. Uh, here it's nighttime. It's perfect. Now, GC wrote something in the chat over here $25 for a six pack of Thai's beers, the Drink West. Is that a lot? I don't know. Is that, is that, I don't know. Is that a lot? I don't know. $25 for a six pack? Yeah. Is that a lot? I feel like that's kind of high. I'm not a big six pack guy. That's a lot you're saying? That's pricey? Like you could, I mean, you could get a six pack of like Bud Light. Obviously, that's not the quality of Ty's beer, but you could get a six pack of Bud Light for like seven ninety nine. Oh, wow. Damn. Okay. Wow. Is Australian dollars? Could it be Australian dollars? Is that a thing? Maybe. I don't know what their currency is. Maybe. All right. Well, maybe our uh, our next guest has something to say about that. So like I said, we go from one of the most popular fighters in the UFC's heavyweight division right now to the other, uh, perhaps, most popular fighter in the UFC's heavyweight division. I've been trying to locate this man for months. In fact, it has been nine long months since he was on any kind of show of mine. And finally, he has agreed to come on. I don't know what the issue was, but I am so happy to say hello once again to the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. There he is. What's up, man? What's up, man? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been so long. I don't even like. I don't even know where we stand. I don't know what happened to us. Yeah, I'm about to log off because I still don't see my bobblehead up there. It's right here. You called me out. I don't right see before. it. I don't see it. There she is. They need to be up front. You want to be up front? You know what? You deserve to yeah. be up front. Right here in front of my name. How about that? In front of my name. No, don't block. Don't, what is that? It's police yes. logo? It's the Las Vegas no, the police. No, I don't block. Oh. You know, I'm back to blue, man. I'm back to blue. Scoot me over a little. All right. There we go. There we go. There we go. There you uh, go. Um, yeah, it's been so long since we last spoke, Derek. Derek, I think you changed your number six times since our last interview. Only twice. I don't <laughs> <act> like that. <laughs> and uh, of course, it's great. I, you know, I was going to mention, I was worried because we've had some bad luck with our connections. I've actually changed jobs. Uh, so, you know, better connection here. Your connection was always a little wonky, but it seems like the connection was on your end because you're not home right now. And uh, I am like, home. Oh, you are? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you told me you weren't home. I am home, though. Okay. Well, I'm home now. I just got, I got home Sunday. Oh, okay. Well, the connection looks great. So thank you for whatever you did to boost it. Yeah, yeah. I'm in the backyard. Um, it looks fantastic. By the way, why why, like, why did you go off the grid? You didn't want to do media. You didn't want to do interviews. How come? For what? It's just a waste of time. All y'all ask the same questions. What do you mean? Everybody asks the same questions, you know? There's nothing, like, new about it. It's, like, the same old stuff. So this like, is... How's training? No. How's everything going? Well, of course, I'm going to say training going good. Every fighter get on here, so oh, yeah, training is great. I'm in the best shape of my life. What, you want me to lie to you every time? 
I've never asked that question in my life. How's training? That question has never left my my mouth to anyone, including yeah, okay. You. All right. So what's up, man? What's up? Well, congratulations on the win. Uh, you you look great, but I don't want to talk about fighting with you because I don't want it to be a boring interview. Appreciate it. I want to talk Thank about you. It. Yeah. Thank you. How are your holidays? The holidays was good. We went to um, Vegas. You know, we was of course we was worried about Omarion um, or whatever the, <laughs> the new Baron they got out right now. Of course, we was worried about that. <laughs> but so far, so good. Nobody got sick. Good. You know, we took the kids for the first time to Vegas. We took them to um, T-Mobile Arena to let them see where I do some of my work at. Mm-hmm. And we had a good time out there, really. One of your best fights ever happened at T-Mobile, you and Francis. Man, see, this is why I don't talk to you, man. That's why nobody likes you. Come on, That's why nobody likes you, man. I was being serious. That was a big-time fight. Anyway, that's why nobody likes you, man. Everyone likes me. That's not very nice. Come on. Uh, at, least anyway. I, at least I think people like me. Did they Did they go to the Apex, too, or did they come after your fight? No, nah, we just – no, They. my wife only went there. But I took my um, my in-laws. Oh. They was their first time to Vegas as well in the kids. So we just had a good experience. You know, I took them around a couple of places. Is that, we just had a good experience for them. Is that who you threw the cup to? Who? <laughs> now I threw a cup to some dude, man. This little, this short, cute dude oh. that was in the front row. It's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird vibe, right? Because it feels like you're almost doing like a, a a a presentation for like 50 people, and you can like pinpoint who's saying what, right? I see you like yeah, yeah, yeah. With... And I I just threw it to the loudest one, the loudest guy that was screaming my name, and I threw it out there. No homo. Yeah, you like it? You like fighting in front of like 50 people, friends and family only? Yeah, it was cool. I loved that. I loved that. It was real cool. You know, I could hear the coaches. I hear his coaches um, giving them some commands and stuff like that. And I just like the atmosphere of it. It was just perfect. I, You know, for the last couple of years, I was calling you Bougie Beast. Um, and you didn't really love the, the name. But then I see on your Instagram, I mean, you're getting your nails did. You're getting your feet massaged. You are official bougie beast at this point correct yes you you agree to this yeah that's fine that's fine you know beauty and the beast all in one that's right that's, that's fine with me how often do you do this um every other week nice you gotta keep my feet soft man yeah is that the one that your wife owns no it's not the one she owns why don't you go to the one your wife owns because she got hers done as well she oh okay so you want to go somewhere separate yeah, we don't serve alcohol. That place serves alcohol. Oh, wow. So you're drinking, you're relaxing. It's a whole big thing. Yeah. I like it. Yes. Good for you. Good for you, Derek. Um, well, I'm very happy that you came back. You know, you're back on track. Uh, you know, I, I saw them asking you about title shot, this and that. But let's be honest. I mean, you don't want, like you said it yourself, right? Five rounds. Who needs that? You're the, you have reached a, a level of fame and, and popularity. I feel like you don't even need this stuff anymore. You could just fight. These big fights get paid well, and you don't even have to worry about any of that kind of pressure. Yes, for sure. Um, this last fight helped me, um, like, big experience difference, you know, go, go coming into this fight. Just wanted to really finally go into a fight week and not have fresh put pressure on myself, and it felt great. And, you know, I, I plan on doing that for the rest of my career now. How- and just go out there and just have fun. No, nothing, I feel like nothing. I have to prove anything. I don't have to prove anything. 
And so that's one of the reasons why um, I want I want to fight Stipe next. Oh. And I believe that'd be a great great matchup for the fans and for, for both of us. Because um, he's more of a wrestler and I'm more of a wrestler as well, too. And so it'd be a great entertaining fight. Whoa, Derek! I mean, I thought we weren't going to talk about fighting here. You just, you just blew my socks off here with that one. I love that fight. That was fantastic. Yeah, it's like I fought just about everyone in the division that's in the top ten. So it's just like a new face, new blood. Oh my and, gosh! What a fight! You know, just I believe that I'm be heavy underdog in this fight, and it makes my, my give, give my fans their money back from the gunfight. You you feel like you perform better when you're an underdog? I perform excellent, I believe, whenever I'm, I'm just I'm underdog just by every fight. Right. But when there's less pressure yeah. on you, when there's less of a spotlight on you in like the Houston fight, it was all about you, right? It was your homecoming. It was, it was yeah, it was yeah, I don't even want to experience that ever again. Really? Was you know, it unbearable? Was like too much pressure. Yeah, it's too much pressure. Too much. To the point where maybe you don't want to fight in Houston again? To the point where I, I I really was calling people up, um, let me get some weed off you so I can relax my nerves. Wow, was that during bad? fight day? That 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 type of pressure. Yes. Wow, have you ever felt it that bad before? Never felt it that bad. Um, actually, before court, before I went to court, before they gave me some time to right. go to prison. That's for that's the other time I felt so much pressure. But other than that. It was the Houston call. It was pretty bad as well. This is, a, I'm being 100% honest when I ask this question, like feeling those nerves again, did it take you back to that time when you didn't have fame and money and all this stuff? Like, did that make you uncomfortable? For sure. For sure. Um, also, it was the same day that I got out, the same day I fought. No way. So it was like 13 years to that day. Wow. Was the same day I, I was released. Wow. So I put a lot of pressure on myself as well because uh, it would have made a great story. Oh, know? my gosh. From the worst of times to the best of times. And and so how do you, like you say now, you don't want to do that again, and you're going to do, like, how do you actually do that? Is it talking to someone? You know, it's easy to say that, but your body reacts in a way, like I, I deal with horrible anxiety, and I say, this time I'm not going to let it affect me. And then it obviously affects me every damn time. So how do you actually not let it affect you from here on out? Um, I guess you could say I got a lot of people rooting against me, you know, a lot of family members, a lot of haters. What? And it's like I got to use that energy to really push myself forward. You know, that's, so that's what I've been doing. You have family members rooting against you? Of course, of course. You know how it is. No, I don't. It's like crabs in a bucket. Oh. Crabs in a bucket in the black community, man. I don't care what nobody say. Black community is the most. We don't support each other. Like, like especially like the um, Latino community. The Latino community, everybody come out and support you no matter what. Right. The black community, they really don't want to see you doing good. It's like a few of them, but most of them, you know, you know what it is. There's a lot of jealousy in um, yeah. black community. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, that could be something that could fuel you. Obviously, you know, it's, uh, it's disheartening because you'd like to get the, res- the support and the respect and the love from your community. So I can understand that. What was it like after that fight for you, knowing that, you know, the pressure and all that? Like, you could have you performed better. You know that. Everyone knows that. And it was such a great story. How did you handle oh. it? 
No, after that, I really didn't even have to change my number because nobody was calling my phone or hitting me up to go hang out and this and that. It's yeah. like, damn. You know, as soon as I went, everybody and their mama and daddy and uncle, cousin, everybody calling me then. But whenever I lose, nobody want to talk to me. Nobody want to be around me and stuff like that. That's fine with me. Not me, though. But, I reached you know, out. I know what it is. I reached out. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. That's, that's different. Oh, I'm a real one, right? That's what you mean. Nah, nah, you just trying to come back into the spotlight. That's all it was. <laughs> you just bounced around to jobs. You don't know if he was coming back to ESPN or what you was going to do. Right, right, right. <laughs> so did you just lay low or what? Did you go back to the gym right now? Yeah, I lay low, lay low, lay low. Um, continue doing what I was doing. I grew my fleet of um, um, hot shot and just try to open up more businesses. And also I want to um, do uh, like a clothing line store as well, like sell vintage clothing and stuff like that so i like it we'll see how that goes what did you say your 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 fleet of hasha yeah like more vehicles and like trucks oh how, how do you spell that hasha <laughs> hot shot h-o-t oh hot shot <laughs> yes oh uh, i was thinking hasha for some reason I'm not good with the cars and all that. I'm not really that smart. When it, I'm not really that smart, period. I don't know if you know this. It's like a company. Like All you do is you tow material to another business or to someone else that needs that material. That's all it is. It's okay. transporting. Okay. Like a transporting company. Yeah. Did you want some time off afterwards? Um, no. After that loss, I wanted to get right back in there right away. Um, just try to get get at the taste out of my mouth and that's the reason why I came out the way I did this last fight and just wanted to get in there and just just change the game a little bit mm-hmm. and and that you oh, mosquitoes over there in Houston is it bad of course it's a tea this the season oh man we don't have that here here it's ice and snow and rain it's horrible um and so you you starch chris Dawkins. a lot you know a lot of people were picking against you in that fight saying oh it's his time he's on a roll and all that stuff it's like come on black beast man you you always win those fights the ones that people are saying you know hey, you've been in that spot a hundred i don't times understand how i'm always the underdog and people always rooting against me i don't understand it but considering yeah, that I don't understand. considering how the fight in august went would you say that was one of the fights that you felt you know, like really good about afterwards? Like it was like a weight lifted off your shoulders? Oh, uh, weight lifted? No, I don't think it was like a weight lifted. Just, um, just real embarrassed. I felt embarrassed to fight. That's all it was. Felt embarrassed and felt like I should have did a, a lot more than what I did. I mean, just like I was gun shy the whole fight. You know, I didn't want to pull the trigger and I was too stationary, you know, um, it's a lot of stuff. I can go on and on about a lot of things that I could have should have did different in that fight. And, but it just didn't happen. So just got to move on and just really uh, just better myself. You know, if the time come again, we face each other again, it'd be a different outcome, I believe. One last thing about it. Do you think if that fight happens in a totally different location, like California or Florida? Or whatever, That's, you know I, what I, mean? I say that all the time. I believe so all the time. My coaches believe that as well. You know, everyone believes they would have been a lot different if it wasn't in Houston, you know. Is that hard that to big come of to terms a stage with? And all that stuff going on, I don't believe the outcome would have ended like it did. Is that hard to come to terms with? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Would and it wasn't like I was I wasn't hurt in the fight at all. I wasn't hurt. Um, I ain't gonna lie, I got tired. That's what it was. I was just tired. What do you think about him walking out to the Houston music there? That H Town rap. Did you hear that? Oh, I didn't. I didn't know what he was walking out to. So I was in my own head. I didn't even hear my music. Wow. I don't even know. I couldn't even hear my music. Wow. It was that intense. My head was so far gone. Wow. That is wild. Have you ever felt like that in a fight before? Never, never felt like that before. It just, it felt like a dream. It didn't feel real. Damn. It's just like a crazy experience. Like, you got, you never competed in nothing before. Who, I'm me? pretty sure just the look of you. What yeah, you probably playing some cards, some pity pad or something nah. like that. But I'm sure you never had a fight. So it's completely different. So you wouldn't be able to relate wow. the feeling. Okay. Like walking out there and, and everybody saying your name and stuff like that and in your city and all the history you got had going on that day. You wouldn't understand. No, I mean I sort I feel like I kind of understand. I mean, I've never been in a fight. I've I've competed, you know, in in sports and athletics, but um obviously never on the level that, that you are, so that's why I have the utmost respect. Um and so then you, you win this fight, you're back on track now, everything's good in your life. And we want Stipe. I'm curious, though, what do you think? Surreal Francis, you know those guys very well. Who wins that fight in less than, uh, what, three weeks? A little over three weeks. No, I don't care who wins the fight. I don't care. You won't even watch it. I probably won't watch it. You can't be bothered. Uh, I'm not, I don't care who wins the fight, Eric. No, I'm just saying. I, just, I was just curious because you know them very well, you know? Yeah, I don't know them like that, but I don't care who wins the fight. I don't, I don't care. I saw um, you were talking about my athlete. Oh, were you still there? No. Yeah, yeah I'm still here. My battery going dead. Oh no! Uh, I saw that you were doing. Um, you know, you're talking about athletics and whatnot. I saw you throw out the first pitch a few months ago in uh, Houston. <laughs> uh, what happened? See, this is why nobody likes you, man. What you posted it. You this post is why nobody likes you. You posted. We talked about that already. You know what happened? No, we didn't talk about it. I haven't talked to you since April. Okay, you know what happened? No, I don't actually know what happened. It was mosquitoes. Mosquitoes okay. bit me on the wrist same time I threw the ball. Okay, we haven't I, talked about. I this. had jeans on. My jeans was too tight, and I didn't eat all day, so I was a little lightheaded. Listen, it's not the it's not the worst one that I've seen. I don't know if you've seen some other. There's been some other bad ones recently. I could throw a ball all day long. It's like I don't know what happened that day. It's tough on the mound. It's not easy. Just ask Connor. Fifty. I don't cent. know. They make it look easy on TV though. How cool was it that? It just I guess you could say I guess you could say the same thing. A lot of fight. A lot of people be at home watching fights. Watching my fights, they'd be like, "Oh man, Derek, he looks he looks so tired, man. It looks easy. He should have did this. He should have been that." Yeah, I guess it's the same same thing, you know. Baseball players throw the ball from the mound, make it look all easy. You know, I get up there, don't have no experience, and thinking it's going to be easy, and it's not. You had the right idea because I saw like at the beginning you tried to do it like five feet out, and then they t I think they told you to move back. I no, would, no, I, I went back. I went back. I should have just stayed five yeah, feet. Yeah, 
I agree. But I mean, how about the mascot holding up the he's okay sign? I mean, you've gone like that's a that's that's a cool <laughs> nod from the mascot to have that ready for you. But who came up with he's okay? Like how did you come up with that? I did. I did. Because my um post, every time I post something, they were flagging it because they think everybody dies because I post somebody um bumping their elbow or bumping their head or something, just a little bump. Yeah. And they're thinking they died from that. So I just say, oh, he's okay. She's okay. And so I'm making hats now. Are you? hat's going to come up pretty soon. Yeah. Sick. Where, where can people get them? Um, there'll be a link in my bio. Okay. Uh, you got like a whole business now. Yeah. Yeah. Got to have something going on, man. Got to have something outside of fighting after whenever everything's said and done. How much, plan for the future. how much long you longer you want to do this? Um, it doesn't. It, I doesn't have. I, I don't have a time on it. I don't have a time frame. Okay. And just whenever um, I can't make weight anymore. Is whenever it, I don't feel like cutting weight, maybe something like that. I don't know. Did you see uh, Justin Tafa on the same card as you? He missed weight. Yeah, I don't see how somebody like his size will miss weight. It seems like he carry a lot of water. Right. That's already, you know. So I don't know. By the way, uh, it's a lot, it's more. I believe cutting away is more a mental thing than any, anything. Really. Yeah. I mean, you still have to go through the whole process of cutting the weight, but yes, it, it, mentally, it's probably. Once it gets a pound away, yeah. two pounds away, it's all mental after that. It's, it, I'm sure it's tough, but it's all mental after that. It's like how bad you want it. Um, where do you find the videos? Uh, I don't know. Just around the Dark web? Yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> <The dark. laughs> I saw the one, uh, I love the one where the cop pulled you over, but you only got a warning. What was it for? Yeah. It was, he was saying it was speeding at first. And I said, I wasn't speeding. The car just sounded like I'm speeding, but I'm not. Wow. And she said, why well, I was making so much loud, uh, loud noise whenever you took off. I said, it's El Ventador. They, they do that. And he said, no, they don't, they don't sound like that. That's too loud. I said, it's, it's not on um, factory exhaust. Damn. And so he's, then he's trying to say, okay, it's um, for the license plate. You got to have a license plate on the front. And I said, yeah, I know. That's my bad. I, I get one on there. And so he just gave me a warning. So it actually worked? Yeah, it actually worked. But Chris Dawkins, it didn't work for him. Yeah, I know he sent that guy he out there that, for yeah, me. That. I know he sent that guy out there for it me. It was right after, after me. I'm telling him, I support police. We need police. I know. You know, it's a few bad, few bad guys out there, you know, but most of them are pretty good. They're down to earth. You know, I need them. I need security all the time. You know, I need them. We need them. Yeah. Now you live like in a golf gated community type thing, right? <laughs> I'm not gonna say all that. <laughs> I'm not gonna tell you what where I live at. You know, but no, it's I'm pretty life nice. Is good. Life is good. I'm happy for you. I remember. Yeah, life is good. You know, um, it's not all about because I live in a nice house and all that. I don't mean life is good. Yeah. But life is good, though. No, I love it. I see I see the love that you and your wife have. I see the connection. You have the family. I remember when you made your UFC debut and we were learning about you, former truck driver, your time in prison, George Foreman. I mean, you have come a long way, my friend. You're, you're, you're the American dream. You're living it. You're in the embodiment of it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe so. You know, I thank God for that. You know, 
it's a lot of humbling experience. You know, I didn't have really, really no help but my wife, my wife and a few family members that really got me to this far and my, my coaches. I owe all of that to them, you know, for really helping me stay on the right path. Do you ever ask yourself, why me? Why am I the one that got lucky and, and got all this? Um, I don't think it's luck. I just think it's, it's God's plan. You know, it's whatever God, he put me on his earth to really go through all the stuff that I went through and to really help someone else that's probably going through that same situation. Uh, or some worse situation than I went through and try to let them know it's always light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you don't, you don't have to stay in your bad position just because you dealt a bad card. It's always a way out of any kind of situation you go through. Do a lot of people you know reach like. out to you who are in those positions? Well, I change my number all the time, so they oh, probably have, and I, right. just didn't, I, didn't, I didn't respond quick enough or whatever. Yeah, I know. And they I mean, turn into one of the Eminem stand songs on me. I had a couple of fans like that. Before. Really? Like they wanted me to send them, send them an autograph or something like that. Send them a picture for their kid. And I said, okay, I will, I will, no problem. And they don't even give me a week. Oh my. They keep asking me that. Then they end up, oh man, f you. Hope you get knocked out your next fight. Yeah. Come on. They get crazy, on. man. They get crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you. That's why you got to... I, I looked at my uh, my phone earlier. For Derek Lewis, I think I have like 14 different numbers. from. You know, I keep all of them. Just yeah, like, you got to do the years. Put the years on. Uh, That's what a lot of my friends do. Put 2021, <laughs> Derek, 2020, 2022. You know, it's a new year. I'm waiting until next month. Then I change my number again. I'm just I'm just impressed that I still have it after all these years because sometimes I'm not sure how you feel about me. I was like, am I going to get the new one? Am I not going to get the new one? But it's always there. It always comes through. Yeah, I was watching your show like um after my fight. I, I just like seen it popped up on my feed. But I already unfo- I unfollowed you on social media anyway what? because I didn't see my bobblehead on it. So I unfollowed true. you. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Sure. Yeah. That hurts my feelings. But oh, I re- it's okay. You'll get over it. No, but I already should. Let me see here. Follow. No, I unfollowed you. Yeah, you did unfollow me. Mom. You did unfollow Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? It's right here. I told you it's right here. Nah, I see it. Nah, I think about it. I, come, I, get, I have a meeting with myself, you know, and I see if I follow you back. Wow, see so, you really, you were, so you really, so it was legit. Because I, tell- I was talking to your manager, Lou. I was like, I feel like Derek's mad at me. Yeah, I told him because I ain't seen my Baba. You have all these other people up there. Hey, on Twitter oh you still follow God. me. Twitter you still, but you don't really use Twitter, right? Oh, I don't even, I don't even, I don't even post nothing on Twitter. I don't post nothing on Facebook. I don't even control my Facebook. Some other guy do that. Oh, really? Wow. Talk about bougie. No, it's just like social media. I don't care. I don't. I, you, I rarely post anything on myself on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You never really see me post a picture, a selfie of myself or anything like that. No, no video or nothing. Just, it's rare that you see me do that. It's rare for me to talk to someone that openly admits that they unfollowed me. So I don't know how I feel about all that. I mean, I feel like I want to go back to that moment well, where you were like, You know, I didn't block guy. you. 
Yeah. I didn't block you, so if I block you on social media, I block you in real life too, so I wouldn't talk to you. Oh, that's true. That's true. I feel like I'm dangerously close yeah. to that. By the way, um, I, it's been a great you know new year and everything. Great year for uh, Houston sports. Rockets killing it. You know. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying, man. This is why you on Dana White naughty list. That's why no. Dana White don't like you. Either, Listen, man. That, that's a badge of honor right there. Why nobody a... like you? Well, I like you. You still work for ESPN? No, no, I do. <laughs> See, that's why they got rid of you too. <laughs> that was my choice. You are, man. That was my choice, Derek. We leveled up. Hopefully, hopefully you treat your family better than you treat everyone else. I do. I do. And you know I love you. And if you were there, I wish I could get, you know, if we were in the same room, I'd give you a big old hug right now because I love you so much. Nah, man, you might have got the corona. You out there in New no. York. <laughs> That's true. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, have you been able to avoid it? Yeah, so far, so good. good all my, my kids, my wife, we all been good. You know, we really don't be around nobody either. Good, good. Um... My coaches, they all had it. Oh. My coach, two of my coaches had it last week. Damn. And you know, I didn't get it yet. And I'm vaccinated. Good. Good man. Um, mm-hmm. All right. So I love the Stipe thing. When do we want to come back before I let you go? When do we want to come back? Come back where? Come back to fighting. Like when do you want to fight again? Well, hopefully in February or March. Oh, I don't wow. want to sit out too long. Okay. So soon. We want to get going. Yeah, soon. And we want Stipe. I love it. Yeah, if not Stipe, just somebody I haven't fought before. Ty would be a fun one. We just had him on. Would you like that? It doesn't matter. All right. He says he has a lot of respect for you. He likes you very much. He would love it out of respect. Like, he thinks that you're the man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Well, when I say come back, I think you may come back on the show. You know you're welcome anytime. No, I don't. I don't. No. Okay. <laughs> as long as my bobblehead up there, it's you know, I right might here. come back. It's staying right here, my man. All right. I'm going to put I'm going to screenshot and make sure it's in the same position. All right. All right. Don't Derek. try to hurry me put it back on there whenever, you know, I'm about to come back on the show. No, no, no. It's staying I'm, right I'm there. I'm taking a photo visual of it right now, making sure it's in the same spot. There it is. Shout out to MMA bobblehead. It's one of my favorite ones. Also, by the way, just want to let you know, this is how much I like you. Got your box too here with the crown, just to let you know. Okay, so what's up? don't yeah. ever question my loyalty. That's one of the best ones. That's one of the absolute best, best one. ones. But you just put that up there, though. No, I did not. It ain't been up there. That's not. That is not true. You and Sorry. DC, my two guys, right next to each other. Uh, much love, Derek. Thank you for doing this. Always love talking to you. Let's not wait nine months before we do this again, okay? Oh, uh, we'll do eight. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Derek. All the best. Thank you. There he is, Derek Lewis, the Black Beast. What a legend. Uh, And you've got that massive, historic PFL versus Bellator card. It is a big one. It's a pay-per-view. It's PFL champs versus Bellator champs and PFL stars versus Bellator stars. Historical night. First time in MMA history that a place like this is hosting Saudi Arabia, a big MMA card. It's, in fact, the first major MMA event to take place in Saudi Arabia and the first cross-promotional event between both PFL and Bellator with former champions and current champions colliding in one epic night. The headliner, like I said earlier, is Henan La Problema Fejera going up against Ryan Bader. They go toe-to-toe 
in a fight that I think will determine who Francis Ngannou will fight in his PFL debut. That's the plan. And I wouldn't be surprised if they announced that. That seems to be the direction. So stay tuned. Also, as we said earlier, Johnny Evelyn against Impa Kasangane. They did save Patricia Pitbull. He's going to remain on the card. Aaron Pico as well. Clarissa Shields on the card. Yoel Romero. Um, Tiago Santos. Whole bunch of big names. It's all going down. This Saturday, February 24th, live on ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View and DAZN. That's ESPN Plus Pay-Per-View or DAZN. I mean, whew, it's a lot of laughing to start the day. Hope you enjoyed all of those. Um, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, when you want to come back, I think he... Uh, I think he was uh, thinking that I was telling him, you know, to come back on the show, but I really just meant to come back and fight. Um, what a guy. That first pitch wasn't that bad, by the way. I wasn't, I wasn't actually trying to make fun of him, to be honest with you. I really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't that bad. We have seen worse offerings than that. I love the idea of him fighting Stipe. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Stipe. Um, I feel like he's waiting for the Surreal Gan versus Francis Ngannou fight. Uh, we're almost there. And then I think he wants to see what happens. But what if they go with Gan versus, or Gan and Ganu winner versus John Jones? I'm looking at the uh, newly released MMAfighting.com rankings and Ganu number one, Stipe number two, Surreal Gan number three, Derek Lewis number four. Four versus two. Let's go. He's fought Blades. He's five. What do they have, Ty? 13. Bit of a jump. Tom Aspinall out there. Rosenstrike. Volkov. Of course, he fought him. Great moment. So, you know, I would love to see it. I, I You know, I, I think Stipe's trying to... I, I think he might be on the sidelines for quite some time if he tries and wait, you know, tries to wait for the uh, Francis, Cyril, John Jones situation to play out. So I would love that idea. I mean... Whew. Derek Lewis, Stipe, that'd be a big-time fight. Big-time fight. Thank you to Derek Lewis for stopping by. All right. Uh, he won on December 18th. Obviously, the other big fight that happened on that day was the Jake Paul-Tyron Woodley fight. It was supposed to be Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. Unfortunately, just about less than two weeks before the fight, we found out that Tommy Fury was uh, out of the fight due to the injured rib and the chest infection and you know, we know what happened in Tampa at this point, and we know about everything going on. I wanted to see if we could check back in with Tommy Fury to see uh, where he goes from here, what he thought of that fight, um, the injury, all that and more. And he is very kind enough to join us once again on the program. So without further ado, let us say hello now to Tommy TNT Fury, who is just off a plane, I do believe, uh, from right here in New York, back home to the UK. So very kind of you to do this. I'm sure you're a little uh, tired, a little jet lagged, all that stuff. Thank you for doing this, Tommy. I appreciate it. No problems. Just want to say Happy New Year to yourself. Um, and yeah, happy to be on the show. Thank you very much. And same to you and your family. Um, okay, I would actually want to go to before the fight. Could you tell us about the injuries that you suffered? What happened and uh, and how bad was it? Yeah, so the, the main injury was obviously the broken rib. Um, that suffered in a training session. Um, went straight to MRI clinic, you know, straight after, literally quit the session there and then. Um, jumped on the MRI scanner for about an hour and 45 minutes. I think I was underneath there. 
Um, and the doctor said as soon as I got out, he said, it doesn't take a genius to work out that you've got a broken rib here. So then obviously things started to, because I was trying to fight through the chest infection. You know, the chest infection was terrible. Like it wasn't good. It was really, you know, harming my sessions. But I thought, no, nothing's going to pull me out of this fight. And then when I got the broken rib, that just sort of, you know, put the ice on the cake. And my team obviously sat me down and said, listen, there's a lot of things you can fight with, but you can't fight with a broken rib. Um, you know, it was hard. It still is hard for me to talk about it because that night there, and it, it shown what, when, he, when he fought, it had been such an easy night for me um, and my whole team because, as you can see in the build, we were having a lot of fun. We were supremely confident. But there's just some things you can't do and you can't fight with, that, with a broken rib. And any serious fighter will tell you that. Um, we saw some footage, and some people tried to pin the injury to the footage of your brother, Tyson, <clears throat> you know, doing that exercise with the medicine ball. Is that how you injured your rib? No, no, I can clarify things there. That is not how the rib, you know, was caused to break. Um, it was caused to break by, you know, uh, let's just put an unlucky scenario um, with somebody in the gym who, you know, shouldn't have really been there. Um, negligence, really, but, you know, I'm not really going to go too far into that. It was um, during a sparring session, if you wouldn't want to call it that. Okay. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, things happen in life, and I can't, I can't understand why. Um, and anybody for a second who thinks that this, you know, is all fake and bullshit, they, they can think again because why on earth would I pull out of this fight? I was getting paid handsomely and I'm used to fighting real fighters. Like, I'm only going to, for the rest of my career, I'm only going to go and fight killers, you know, when I get to that stage. So why would I be pulling out of this? It doesn't make any sense. And for everyone who watched the first six rounds, didn't just watch the knockout, for everyone who watched the first six rounds of that fight, can understand there's no way that I would have pulled out of this fight because that, that was probably the worst six rounds of boxing that I've ever watched. The worst six rounds of boxing? You were not impressed at all? No, no. It was, it was, I was struggling to watch it. You know, I stayed up to watch it um, with a few friends and it was honestly, it, it was appalling to watch. And even the commentators, I don't know what round it was said, this is getting hard to watch now. And they were joking between themselves during the fight saying, oh, I wonder who won that round. Well, nobody. Nobody threw a punch. Nobody. It looked like they were, they were trying to shadow box in front of each other. No one wanted to commit. No one wanted to do anything. Um, you know, that fight was just really about one punch. But as far as the six rounds go, um, that was the worst six rounds. I think he, I think he actually looked better in his first fight than Woodley because that was appalling. Um, it really was. He didn't throw a single shot. Like I said before, time and time again, there's no head movement. There's no, there's no thought there. He is, he's a raw novice. Uh, you know, and the, my, my only thing that I want to get done now is this fight to reschedule. Because when somebody gets an injury that is out of their hands and completely out of their hands in a broken rib, the first thing that I'd want to do if I'm serious about fighting and seriously think that I could have beat that guy, I would have thought, okay, no problem, you're out. When can we, when can we reschedule? I want this fight rescheduled. I don't want to prove to the world that I can beat, I can beat a serious boxer, not just another MMA guy, you know. And that's what we're trying to get on at the minute. I know he's you know, offering all these, these all kinds of people, but the, the fact of the matter is there's unfinished business here. And this fight needs to take place because how how can he be serious about fighting if he's never fought a boxer before? How can he be serious about this? Keeps he keeps referring to the UFC. If he wants to go and fight in the UFC, don't put a pair of boxing gloves again and go and fight in the UFC. You know, don't call yourself a boxer if you've never even fought one. And that's just our thing. How difficult was it for you on that night to watch that, knowing that that could have been you? This would have been the biggest moment of your young career so far. The money, all that stuff. Like as you're watching this middle of the night over there in the UK. What was going through your mind? How hard yeah. was it? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, that night and, you know, many other nights, you know, long, long into this, it's not been good mentally for me because I was watching that fight there and I was, I was, I was in the moment. Um, it was tough to watch because 
you know, I was getting in, you know, that was my, that was my time, you know, that, that would have all, um, but, you know, things happen in life you can't control, you know, and, and this is the league moving forward because if you like, you're never going to get on with it. So I've decided to, you know, I faced it. I thought, you know what, it mustn't have been my time. It must not have been my time, especially, you know, with what happened, um, took it on the chin and thought, right, let's move forward. It's obviously, it's obviously not meant to be. Um, and it was tough, but, you know, this is a new year, new me, and um, the recovery process is going amazing. Um, I've got another MRI booked into the middle of this month to see where the rib is. Um, and once I get, you know, confirmation that it's healing or healed or wherever I'm up to with it, um, then I'll return back to the gym and I'll be ready to go. And I said on a recent interview, I'll be ready to go in March. So if, if Jake Paul really is serious about boxing, I'm ready to go in March. Um, you know, what happened in December was out of my hands, but March, I'm ready. I think we're going to, uh, the connection is kind of choppy a little bit. And so if we can hang up and reconnect, maybe sometimes that works. I want to hear everything that you're saying. I don't want to shortchange you or the audience. So if you don't mind, if we could just like okay. hang up and reconnect, um, because uh, yeah. it, we were, we lost you there just a little bit in that last answer. So if we could do that, guys, uh, that would be great. Yeah. Uh, we'll reconnect here in a second with uh, the great Tommy Fury and um, resume the interview. Obviously a very disappointing uh, turn of events for him and and everyone. I think everyone wanted to see that fight and everyone wanted to see if Jake Paul could fight that you know, that boxer with the uh, the famous last name, and they were uh, around the same exact, they are at the around, the same exact, um, you know, resume level, skill level, um, age. It's all very similar. Um, and so it's a fight that made a hell of a lot of sense. Unfortunately, less than two weeks before the fight, uh, we got the word that he was forced to pull out and suffered a real injury. And I... I think, to his point, an absolutely insane, insane theory that I saw, like, oh, he was scared or this, he pulled out. Like, come on. The guy was about to make the most amount of money of his entire career and fight on the biggest stage of his entire career. Like, why would you make that up? Why, you know, it's just absolute lunacy. So I think we have Tommy back. Um, or we're going to get to him in a matter of seconds here. I think they're trying to uh, square things up with him. Uh, but yes, that's an absolute insane thing, especially less than two weeks before the fight against the biggest name, someone that everyone's talking about, everyone knows. Um, just insanity. Much like the people who said that the fight was fixed, the second fight, the knockout. Do we have Tommy? Tommy, you there? Yeah, I'm okay. Here. Uh, that looks good. We'll we'll uh, try this. So uh, I actually wanted to ask you because you were alluding to this. How do you feel right now? Yeah, right now um, the ribs healing up. You know, amazing. Um, you know, I'm not in nowhere near enough. You know, as, as pain as I was. Um, so this is it. You know, I'm, I'm getting an MRI booked in for the middle of this month. Um, we're going to see where the ribs are, and then if we're okay, we're going to get straight back in the gym. Uh, and like I said before, in, in you know an interview that I did recently, I said I'll be ready to go in March. You know, what happened in December was a massive setback among millions of setbacks that happened to me last year in and out of the ring. Um, but this year, I'm a new man, I'm a new me, and I'm ready to fight in March. Um, did you try or at least throw out the offer, the opportunity, whatever, when it was clear that you couldn't fight to just reschedule the date, not have him fight Tyron Woodley on December 18th? Did your team say, hey, why don't we do this in March and, you know, we keep this, you know, clean? He just, you know, fights three months later. Was that thrown out there? And if so, what happened? 100%. I can clarify now that me and my team have been working on this, you know, 24 hours a day. Um, we, 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 we said when we found out that the rib was broken, let's go again in March, you know, whenever you want, let's reschedule it. 
Um, you know, we've given absolutely everything but the kitchen sink. I want this fight. My whole team wants this fight. You know, it seems to be now that me pulling out of that fight was Jake Paul's Christmas present. You know, that's the best thing that ever could have happened to him. And I do believe he was thoroughly excited when I pulled out of this fight because he knew he couldn't beat me. And the fact that he's not jumping at a reschedule right now just proves where his, head, where his head's at. I do believe he was backed into that fight. He said a lot of things that he couldn't get out of. And when I pulled out, it was Christmas come early for him. And it just shows a man's true characters now because if I was Jake Paul and Jake Paul got injured, I'd say, okay, it is what it is. When can we get him in the ring? You know, and that just, you know, it is what it is. If We'll, we'll see where he's up to. But my team's working, you know, diligently on this to get this fight back on track. And this is the fight that I want next. I'll be ready to go in March, like I keep saying. But, you know, we'll see where he's at. But I know if I was him, I'd want to set the record straight and get this fight done and settled with. Is there any part of you that is going to wait for a certain amount of time and if it doesn't materialize for March? Because, you know, I, I'd heard him say that he's going to take some time off. We don't know how long that is. Will you fight someone else? In the, are you open to fighting someone else in the interim and then revisiting it? Like, how, what's your approach in terms of that timeline? Because perhaps your timeline isn't on his timeline. Yeah, make no mistake. Um, that, that's the fight I want next. And I'll always be checking with my team every single day, you know, to see where we're up to with that. But, you know, it comes a time where I have my own career. My goal still doesn't change. My goal is to be a champion in the sport. And believe it or not, fighting Jake Paul, it doesn't give me that at all. And it won't. fighting Jake Paul will never make me a champion in boxing. So, Jake Paul, yeah, it's a great fight. You know, it's a, it's, it's a big fight, but it doesn't really make me achieve my, achieve my dreams. So, at the end of the day, I'll wait for a certain amount of time. You know, I'll try my best to get this fight back on track, you know, you talk to anybody that this is the fight that I want. But at the end of the day, my career goes on. You know, Jake Paul's in this to, I don't know why he's in this. He, he says a lot of things, Jake Paul. There's a lot of things you can't believe. But I'm in this, and I've said this since I, I put on a pair of boxing gloves to be a champion in this sport. So, you know, I'll wait for a matter of time. And if it comes off great, if it doesn't, I will resume my career and I will get on my career and start winning some titles this year. Um, you know, and that's just the way you know, the way life is. But, you know, the, the ball is in Jake Paul's court now. You know, I'm doing everything I can with my team to get this fight rescheduled. Um, but I think it shows the true colours of him, you know, that he's not jumping at a reschedule. You know, I do believe it was Christmas come early for him. But we'll see. We'll see if he's a man of his word. Um, the, you know, from your, from your keen eye, your pro boxer, why do you think he wasn't as good this time around as the last time we saw him? <clears throat> what didn't impress you about this? You know, he goes on through all his videos and interviews that he's been getting better. He's been training like a Trojan. But I know I've been doing this a very long time now. And you can't get better in the gym. You can't. You can get somewhat better. But the only way you get better is through fighting. And he's not had, he's not had the experience nowhere near enough. And I know this. And that's why he's probably not going to look any different in his next fight or the fight after that. Because in this game, you need experience. And a man who's never had an amateur contest or, you know, a real boxing contest you know, he's not going to get any better. You know, you can spar as much as you want. You can train as much as you want. The only way you get better is by going through them ropes. And I know this, and any fighter will tell you that. You know, if, if people could spar every single day and get better that way, everyone would be a world champion, wouldn't they? Because everyone does 100 rounds in the gym. It's about going, getting through the ropes in front of a crowd, in front of everything, and putting your skills on. You know, he's just not had nowhere near enough experience. And I knew that when this fight was coming out. Oh, I've trained hard for six, seven months. You can train as hard as you want. Unless you're getting through them ropes, you're not going to get any better. And that's just the way it is. Surely, though, the actual knockout itself, that's somewhat <clears throat> impressive, yes? Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm not one of these guys that's going to rain down on, on, on anything. I'll say how, how it is. It was a good shot. You know, he caught him. Woodley, he, he, you know, he got caught with tank coming down for whatever reason. I don't really know. Um, I do feel like the right hand was, uh, you know, very telegraphed in a way. 
Um, but, you know, that's for another day. The punch was good. He got a good knockout. Well done to him. Go and enjoy yourself. Have a vacation. But I think if I was Jake Paul, I'd want to do the right thing. Because if, if I was Jake Paul now, it'd be in my brain. Hold on a minute. I didn't fight this fella. You know, I was meant to fight this fella and we never fought. Could I really beat him? Can I really beat him? Do I still believe I can beat him? And I don't believe he does. Because if he, if, if he would, we'd have a rescheduled date already. Um, you know, Jake Paul goes on about his work ethic. He's this. He's, he wants to do all this. But at the end of the day, do the right thing. Fight a boxer. Because when he fights me, he will get 10 times more clarity. Because he's fighting someone that's been doing it his whole life. You know, I've, I've, had, I've won amateur titles. I've had professional fights. I'm a fully-fledged boxer. Nobody can say I'm not. Look at the family I'm from, even though that doesn't mean anything. It's about me as an individual. I'm a fighting man. And if he has got the balls to step up against me, he'll get a lot of credit for that. Whether he, you know, when he loses, that's not, you know, people will give him a lot more credit for fighting an actual boxer than fighting these 40-year-old men, retired MMA people. What's he doing? Come on. Like, if he wants to be a boxer, step up and fight a boxer. Let's stop playing games here. No one wants to see him... It showed this time around, the pay-per-view numbers. I mean, I don't know what they were exactly, but I know rumours come out for a reason. And they didn't do the best, and they put it out himself. It wasn't his best business night. And I wonder why that is. Nobody wants to see him fight 40-year-old men anymore. Get in the ring with a fresh 23-year-old who's been doing this his whole life and see how good you are. Test your skills then. You know, it's a fair playing field. I'm not an amateur Olympic gold medalist. I'm not a world champion. It's an even playing field. But we'll see if Jake Paul works in an even playing field. I don't believe he does. By the way, speaking of your family with that press conference, did it get uncomfortable for you at all? You know, it, it became more about <laughs> your dad and him at that point, and it got a little bit personal. What do you? I, I couldn't help but watch you and try to like look at your body language because you know you're <laughs> you're so proper and polite and and well mannered. I'm like, what is Tommy thinking right now in the midst of all of this? You know, there's not a lot you can think, you know, when, uh, when, when my dad's going off on one. I think everyone's seen his interviews and know the way, you know, kind of character my dad is. And when my dad's going off on one, you sit there and you just, you, you, let, you let him go on. And he, he is a comical man. He's very funny when he gets going, um, you know. But yeah, listen, it's all good. My dad's been in this game a long time with Tyson. He knows what building a fight is like. He knows what hype is like. He knows what people want to see. And it was trending for, I think, a week afterwards. So obviously he did somewhat good, didn't he? But, you know, my dad, once he, once he gets into something, he's into it, you know, 110%. And that's just what you see in there. Just a bit of fun. That's all it was. Has it become personal between you and Jake? Like when you're fighting these guys and you're climbing the ranks, 3-0, and 4-0, whatever, they're just kind of opponents, right? That's, that's the game of boxing. And only get, you know, like Deontay and Tyson, that, those fights happen when you're 30-0 and, and whatever, 40-0. Yeah. But between you and Jake right now, would you say it has become personal for you? Yeah, it's become personal because, uh, you know, this back and forth has been going on for some time now. Um, and the fact that things didn't happen on December 18th, um, hold my hands up, yeah, it was through, you know, faults out of my own hands. You know, it has become personal in a way because we've got unfinished business. You know, I want to prove to everybody that what I say I can do against Jake Paul. And Jake Paul wants to prove that he's a, legit, a legitimate boxer and that he can do these things in the ring. You know, so it, is, it has become personal because it's unfinished business, like I said. You know, this fight should have happened in December and it's not. This fight needs to happen, you know, because there's a lot of people out there that want to see this fight. I do believe that out of every fight Jake Paul can take at the minute, boxing-wise, this is the biggest fight he can take. And I do believe he knows that. Because if I wasn't a big name or wasn't worthy of fighting, you know as well as I know, Jake Paul wouldn't be mentioning me. Because there's a lot of people who call Jake Paul out. And there's a lot of people who doesn't get a response. You know, at the end of the day, this is the fight for Jake Paul to make, to prove whether or not he's a legitimate boxer and can be a legitimate contender in this game. Um, you know, he needs to come back, he needs to get this fight out of the way and get it done. 
Um, but will we see it? I don't know. It's up to Jake Paul. I'm here. I'm ready. I want this fight. We're giving him everything. Dates a lot. Whenever he's ready, I want this fight. March, I'm ready to go. Did you really agree to that deal about changing your name? I've seen it um, about changing my name. And the weird thing again, you know, it's just, it, it was looking at, it was like looking at a child's contract. He said, okay, change your name. If, if he wins, I said, okay, no problem. <laughs> Put the half a million in an account so that when I win, straight over, no games, because we all know what business can be like sometimes. But did he want to do it? No. So I thought, hold on a minute. If you're not doing this, you think I'm going to change my name? Not that it would have happened anyway, but business is business. You know, I would have done that no problem. I said, no problem, let's get it on because I ain't losing this fight. I'll just take another half a million off you. And that Jay Paul says a lot of things for the public. And he said that just to get the public going. But when behind closed doors between managements, I was game for it and said, no problem, put the money up in an account. He didn't want to do it. Mm. Jay Paul's a lot of talk, a lot of talk. And I believe he's a very different person behind the cameras. And, I, and it's shown his true colors. Um, so based on what you saw on uh, Saturday, December 18th, what would be your prediction if you guys fought? Like, how do you think that fight goes? That fight doesn't go past four rounds. You know, I know I've said, you know, we've been back and forth a lot of time here, but after seeing that on December 18th, my old missus, who doesn't know anything about boxing, says, my God, this guy couldn't live with you. And everybody texts me that night saying, if you was in that ring on Saturday night, you'd have killed this man because that man can't live with me. Because if I was there, let's put it this way, if I was there on Saturday night and Jake Paul was standing across the other side of the ring from me and he come out and he didn't throw a punch, you'd think I'd stand there like this. Just looking at him, I'd be straight into him because that's a, that, that's the type of man I am. You look at all my fights, but they've been good performances, or bad performances. I've never not thrown a punch. I've always been in there trying to win, trying to throw punches, and that's something about Jake Paul. I do believe he's wearing and getting hit. I don't believe he likes getting hit. Whereas me, I don't care. I'll be into him because if he comes out against me and doesn't throw any shots, I'll be straight into him, and he knows that. You know, he knows that fighting me is not an easy fight. But at the end of the day, if he wants to prove, you know, his worth, his worthiness in this sport of boxing, he's gonna have to take the fight. Because you can't keep fighting MMA people when you when you meant to be a boxer, and that's just the way it is. By the way, you know, um, before I have guests on the show, sometimes I like to do like a quick Google News search, see what they've been up to. If I miss anything, when you Google News mm -hmm. search you, every article it's like thirty articles of like Tommy went out for a walk in the park in New York with his missus. Like you have people following you all the time about what you're wearing. Yeah. How annoying is that? Is it like you're just on vacation? Yeah, and I see. All these news outlets in the UK talking about both of you and what you're wearing, like you are being watched like a hawk. I can't imagine what that is like. Is that very annoying and frustrating for you guys? I mean, it was, uh, we got taken by surprise because we got off the plane in New York and we come out of the airport, jumped into a car. But coming out of the airport, there was taps all in front of us, snap, snap, snap. So as soon as we come out of the airport, huh. and it was like, what's, like what? how do you even know we're at the airport? Like, we, didn't, we didn't put anything on. Um, and then we got to the hotel and it was all waiting outside the hotel wow. but we never we never even said where we were staying so I'm thinking in my mind how do these guys know where we're at and you know whatever we did you know walking through Central Park walking through New York just cameras in your face all the time I mean you know it's, it's, it's part of the parcel you know when it comes to the territory but you know there's, there's certain times where you just want to switch off and relax you know have a good time you know we had a great time but you know you've kind of always got to be wary because there's always somebody with a camera in your oh face it's God. always a front to put on but that's, that's that's kind of thing that I've pushed to one side you know because I knew coming out of the show and living this sort of life you've just got to be yourself so I don't really mind the cameras anymore because I'm just myself I've got nothing to hide never had nothing to hide so if you want to take a picture of me walking down the park with a coat on with some fur on the hood do it you know I'm not bothered what you do yeah. um, but you know we're lucky to be in this 
position. We're lucky to be living the life we live as such young people. We're grateful every we're grateful every single day. Um, you know, and, that, and that's just it. Uh, is it like that at home as well, or do they leave you alone? It's worse at home oh, because yeah. obviously yeah. we're from here. Yeah. We're from we're from the UK, so it's ten times worse. Oh, we actually flew, flew to New York and said to each other, oh, you know, wonder if you know if it'll be a bit quieter out here. But there was a lot of uh, Brits over there at this time of year for New Year and Christmas, so. It was literally like walking out Manchester at some oh, stages. Uh, but what can we do? It is what it is. Oh, man. Well, you handle it very well. Um, and, and, you know, one thing that people don't think about in the fight game, like these big fights happen, and there's so much that goes into it and all the training. And then, like, I couldn't help but think of, you know, just like your mental state. You, I'm sure you had a bit of a depression, right, afterwards when you had to, like, make that phone call to say that I'm out of the fight. There's a lot going into this, yeah. right? Do you feel like you're over it? Do you feel like you, yeah. you're still down? And, you know... That, when I made the call to um, you know call this fight off for me and my team, um, that was probably the darkest you know days that I've had in my whole life so far. Um, because when you train as a kid for that particular night, you know the big headliner show in, in Florida, it's in America, stateside, streamed all over the world. You know that's the moment you train for all your life, and when it gets ripped away from you from no fault of your own, really, um, you know it's, it's devastating. That was the darkest times of my life, but. You know, I've said to myself, I'm not going to let that carry on into next year because if I do, it's going to be a repeat of the same year. This year is all about positivity and positivity breeds positivity. And, you know, I'm leaving all that behind in the past. I'm leaving all them setbacks in 2021. And 22 is my year, you know, whether Jake Paul comes or not or whether he goes running. Jake, 2022 is my year and I'm going to set the record straight. I'm going to keep improving. I'm going to win some titles. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm going to take nice holidays. I'm just going to live life because life's too short to be worrying about anything. That's the kind of motto what I've put in my head, you know, if it's out of your hands and you can't control it, there's no point stressing about it. And that's the way I'm kind of living at the minute. So in conclusion, uh, you're ready to go in March. You'd love to fight him in March. Would it be fair to say if he says, nah, I'm not ready to fight in March, I'm ready to fight in July, you're still going to fight in March with or without Jake Paul and then you'll revisit it after that fight? Is that a fair thing? Like, would it be fair to say if there's a fan of yours out there who wants to know when you'll fight again, it will be March, April or so, whatever that time frame is. You hope it's against Jake. If not, you're moving on. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I, I, would, I would look to fight in March and April, 100%, with or, with, with or without Jake Paul. If Jake Paul wants to go again in the summer, I'm happy to take that fight. But I'd like to get a fight in before that. Um, and I just want to be active this year. Like I said, with or without Jake Paul, I want at least four fights this year. Because um, at the end of the day, like I said before, you don't get better unless you get through them ropes. And I ain't going to get better just sitting in the bag in the gym or sparring the same people in the gym. I need to get underneath them lights get the more fights and get better. And um, so with or, with, Jake, with or without Jake Paul, I'll be fighting this year, hopefully around four times. And hopefully we can rekindle this fight and get it, you know, get it settled finally. You know, after all this talk back and forth, back and forth, press conferences, interviews, let's get this fight done. And it's not like nobody wants to see it. You know, a lot, a lot of people in this world want to see that fight. And I do believe it's the biggest fight out there that he can take. So let's get it on. Two last very quick questions for you uh, about that other opponent. There's a young man named Chris Avila who fought on that card. He's a protege of Nathan Diaz. He said he'd like to fight you. Have you seen his comments? And would you be interested in fighting him? Um, I haven't seen his comments, no. Um, I'm, I'm not a big follower of MMA. Yeah. You know, I never really have been. Obviously, I watched the big fights 100%, but I don't really know of him. Um, I mean, I'll probably check that out. He but... fought on that card and fought the guy that you fought in August, Anthony Taylor, and beat him. All right, okay. Um, I mean, I mean, I don't want to go down the same path as Jake Paul fighting MMA yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. You know, I either fight Jake Paul or I either fight boxers. You know, that's not a wave that I'm interested in. Um, 
you know, I'm either fighting Jake Paul, the fight everyone wants to see, or I'm fighting actual boxes in my own craft. So that's all I've got to say on that. Really. Fair enough. And the last one is a hot topic, as I'm sure you probably know, is he's going head to head with Dana White about fighter pay <coughs> and all this stuff. And there are some people who think he's not being sincere, and there are some people who think he is being sincere, that he's trying to, you know, bring change, as he is saying. Do you feel like he is, if you can maybe take away your personal feelings um, on Jake, do you feel like he is trying to change? fighter pay and things like that you feel like his uh, intentions are sincere um i don't i mean put it this way i mean i think jake paul does things that benefit him if there's if there's any benefit to jake paul or his production team or his or his team full stop i reckon he does it. if he sees a window of opportunity he'll take it because he's an opportunist so if there's no benefit there you know i don't believe jake paul does anything to help anyone else I think Jake Paul's the type of person that not only helps himself, you know, or benefits himself anyway. It's like, you know, when he takes boxes into his, um, you know, his company's promotion, whatever you want to call it, that's all benefiting him. That's all bringing more eyes to him. You know, Amanda Serrano, he helps her out very much and he's done a great job with her um, and he's given her a lot of fantastic opportunities and he's done really well with her. But at the end of the day, I'm sure Jake Paul knows in the back of his mind that she's got that massive fight leaving with Katie Taylor and that's the biggest fight in the, in the world in the women's division probably. Um, and Jake Paul's not a daft man, and he knows that, and he knows that going into that fight, what promotion is she going to be with? Jake Paul's promotion, MVP. You know, that oh, it's building his brand constantly, constantly, and he knows this. Um, so, you know, I believe this is opportunity for success. Jake Paul takes it. If not, I don't think he's really interested. Tommy, I appreciate you very much. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for doing this, you know, hours after you just landed back home. Uh, really appreciate it. Glad to hear you're feeling better, and I do hope in 2022 we finally get to see you and Jake Paul in there. Thanks so much for the time. Thank you very much, and God bless. Right. Have a great year. Talk to you soon. There he is, Tommy Fury, the great Tommy TNT Fury, uh, hoping to get that fight. I mean, uh, hard to argue against the notion that if uh, Jake wants to fight a boxer next, I mean, that's the guy. You have the built-in um, you have the built-in rivalry of the, the build-up. You've got the press conferences. You've got the father. You've got the brother. You've got everything. And it was snatched away from us just uh, less than two weeks before the fight. And again, age, resume. I still feel like MMA fighters or not, you're beating Tyron Woodley. And perhaps in the boxing community, that doesn't mean anything. I think all of us here in the MMA community know who Tyron Woodley is, respect who Tyron Woodley is, know his resume, respect his resume. In my opinion, top four greatest welterweight champions of all time. And I don't care what happened in these boxing matches. Nothing that happened in these boxing matches will take away from what he did in the UFC. Now, can you say it hurt his legacy? Yeah, we can have that conversation. Um and it's a very what have you done for me lately type of world that we're living in. So if that's his lasting legacy in the in the in the world of fighting, it would be very unfortunate. It's maybe the last image of him in a fight. We'll see what happens. But you knock out Tyron Woodley in any type of fashion, in any type of ring, in any type of sport. Like if you are kickboxing against Tyron Woodley, if you're boxing against him, if you're bare knuckle fighting against him, if you're MMA fighting against him, it's still Tyron Woodley. It's still a great collegiate wrestler who turned into a great fighter who turned into a UFC champion. So I can assure you if I walked in there against Tyron Woodley, I would get knocked out in 14 seconds, maybe 13. You know what I'm saying? So there's still something to be said for that. And again, going back to that, you know, that example that 
Jake likes to bring up, his team likes to bring up, a lot of people who are defenders of him. If you're 5-0 and in boxing, you're probably fighting some guy who's 2-36, and right? So you're telling me that the 2-36 and guy is better than the 0-0 former UFC champion? No way. It's not true. It's just not. If anything, you could say maybe they're a lot more equal, but the 2-36 and guy is definitely not better than the UFC fighter. I would say UFC fighter better or equal. I would lean towards better. If I'm being honest. Anyway, I'm really curious to see how it all plays out. Uh, and I hope we get to see the fight. I hope for Tommy. He's a great guy. I really do. I felt bad for him. I really did. Um, and you never like to see a fight get taken away from a fighter that young. With that much at stake and all the buildup and all the money. So I do hope we get to see it. I don't know if Jake comes back in March. We'll see how that plays out. I feel like the attention of his team now will be on the Serrano Katie Taylor fight, which isn't a done deal just yet, but hopefully it becomes a done deal. Sooner rather than later, we get that fight here at Madison Square Garden, and it will be a great time. All right. Um, let us move along now. I've been also trying to talk to our next guest for quite some time. He announced that he was going to retire from the world of fighting. Of course, a former UFC fighter, a longtime MMA fighter, then turned into a bare-knuckle fighter, a huge fan favorite. Uh, they call him the GOAT. The Russian Hammer. He is the one and only Artem Lobov, and he's kind enough to join us on the program. I'm so happy to talk to Artem. It has been so long since I last had the opportunity to have him on any of my programs. And so without further ado, let us say hello now to the great Artem Lobov. Artem, my man. How are you? How's things? How are you? It's it's (laughs) so so lovely to to talk to you. I've bothered you a lot to come on the show, as you know, but uh, I can understand why you didn't want to come on. You wanted some space and some quiet time, but it is great to talk to you again. I think the last time I spoke to you was after the Jason Knight fight that long ago. In fact, I could tell you a story, Artem. I had you on my show. Remember you came on after the uh, the Jason Knight fight. Your face was pretty banged up. And after yep. that fight, I was told, you're not allowed to talk about bare-knuckle fighting anymore. It's way too gruesome for us. This is at my previous job. So uh, I'm glad now there are no restrictions and that we can talk again, my friend. Yeah, it's great to see you, Ariel. And yeah, sorry that I haven't spoken to you sooner, especially after the retirement. But just the thing for me is that, you know, this was a very big decision for me. And I I, I feel like I'm not going to be one of those guys that, you know, comes back in and out of it. You know, it was a decision that I thought about for a long time. It was a difficult decision for me to make. You know, I absolutely love fighting. I love the sport. I love this life, you know. Uh, and when I made that decision, I was like, fuck, you know, this is it now, you know, all, uh, all your dreams and everything kind of, it felt like all my dreams, you know, have crushed sort of, you know, it's like, even when you, I know I have a lot of losses, but even when I lost sometimes I'd be like, okay, this is just a minor setback. This is just a setback. You know, I'll get this back. I will train harder. I will get better. I will go again. I will try again and I will come back and I will achieve the goals that I set out to achieve. So now this time when I retired, I finally had to come to this point where I had to say to myself, well, that's it. You will not achieve those goals. It will not happen for you. You weren't good enough. You didn't manage to to get where you wanted to get. This is it now for you as a fighter. Time to hang it up, Artem. Bye-bye, you know. So that's why it was an emotional time for me. And I didn't really, I wasn't really ready yet, you know, to talk about it. I didn't want to start crying on the show, you know. Uh The last thing I needed uh, was that. So uh, that's why I didn't didn't, uh, reach out to you sooner. No explanation uh, necessary. But could I ask you, why did you make that decision? Why did you decide back in August that it was time to to say goodbye? 
you know, um, uh, every other time, even when I lost or whatever, you know, I always was working towards a certain goal. You know, there was a big, big goal, big target in, uh, you know, in front of me. And the last one for me was getting into the boxing uh, and uh, getting a seven-figure payday. And I felt like a fight with Berinczyk was going to do that for me. He was an Olympic silver medalist and defeated in boxing, you know, WBO, international champion, all this. So I felt if I beat this guy now in bare knuckle, well, this is it. This is going to be my ticket to, to that uh, boxing fight, to that seven-figure boxing fight, you know. And when this kind of didn't happen, you know, I failed. Uh, then I was like, okay, now I can continue fighting, but it's going to be, you know, for fighting just to get some money, just to get it by, you know, there was no more big goal that I would be able to achieve anymore. On top of that, you know, my age-wise as well, you know, I was like 35, I was like, well, if I have to restart now again and trying to work towards something, you know, I'm going to be getting older and older, you know, it's a little bit, uh, uh, the time is a little bit pushing on me here. Uh, another reason was the brain damage, you know, of course, it's, uh, uh, you know, been uh, in the news the last uh, couple of years, you know, um, it's something that I certainly paid attention to a lot and I realized that, you know, I'm going to need my health, you know, I'm probably not going to make uh, enough money fighting to just do me a lifetime so I'm going have to be doing something else and for that I need a good working brain on top of that I have a kid now who I would like to be a good father to hopefully be a good grandfather to his children as well one day so all these things combined I was just like okay mate you know probably you know it, it's time to hang it up and and go pursue something else while you're still young and energetic and you know uh uh, no, 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 what's what, you know, so uh, that's why I had to make that decision. It was a difficult one. And don't get me wrong, I still have offers. There are still offers in my in my inbox. And actually, I've got some of the better offers since really? I retired. And I couldn't even believe it. Yeah, there was like, you know, there was some offers were coming up, you know, to like nearly half a million, you know, some of the offers that I've been uh, uh, getting here. I've got some shit offers as well, <laughs> but I've got a lot of offers. But I just said it to myself. I gave myself a promise. Artem, you will not go back in there no matter what. Fucking make it elsewhere now. Doesn't matter what happens. Doesn't matter, you know, uh, how much you want to go back in there. Do not go back in there. There's only two ways that I go back fighting, as I mentioned before. The Tohuga fight. That goes without retirement. I don't care if I'm retired or not. I always want that fight, no matter what. And if somebody wants to make my dream come true and offer me seven figures, well, then it's going to change things up, you know, a lot. And a lot of the issues that I just mentioned for my retirement, you know, uh, they will not be playing as big of a part anymore because seven figures, you know, could allow you to set up your uh, financial future for the family. And that's a big thing for me, of course, and open up a lot of doors as well. So... I would consider, you know, coming back for those two reasons, the Huga fight or a seven-figure payday. How difficult is it, though, to say no to some of those? I mean, still, like if it's, you know, several hundred thousand, it's that's still a nice amount of money, right? I mean, there was a period you weren't making close to that. So how difficult is it? Very difficult. And the thing as well, all this have been like with some YouTubers, you know, like uh, oh God. <laughs> where in, like, uh, in Russia, I have, I've had an offer from Poland as well to box a YouTuber there. Uh, you know, so so it's kind of I understand like wow, I used to fight like really tough guys for 100 euros, 500 euros. Now I'm getting offered to you know box exhibition bouts against guys that aren't even you know that good, and you know I have to turn it down. But I'm like, look, you know, are you a man of your word or you're not a man of your word? That's what I ask myself when I look in the mirror. 
you know, and there is no in between with that, you know, with fighters, you know, you have good guys, you have bad guys, and then you have guys in between. With your word, you're a man of your word, and it means everything, and it's worth everything, or you're not, and then it's worth nothing. And, and, and that's that's so, what I often do, you know, I look at myself in the mirror, and I ask myself that question. So I was like, look, that's it, you made yourself a promise, now be a man, and, and stick to it. This is why you're one of my favorite people that I've ever met in this sport, because you're a man of integrity. In fact, I see often, like even on Twitter, I see you giving advice to fighters. I see you talking about things. There's a lot of shady people in this sport, as you know. There's a lot of shady things that go on in this sport. You know, there's managers acting as promoters who are signing fighters to their promotion. And the, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's all kinds exactly. of crazy stuff exactly. going on. And I see you trying at least to steer the fighters in the best direction possible. A lot of people don't do that in your position. So I give you a lot of respect for that. Why do you feel the need to do that? Uh, well, uh, you know, because I obviously, you know, this is, this has been a sport, you know, not just a sport to me. This has been my life. You know, I live and breathe MMA, you know, I absolutely am in love with the sport. I, I think back to the time when I was in the bank, you know, and the big financial career was ahead of me, but I just couldn't concentrate. I'd be sitting behind my computer and all I could think about was fights. I just you know, it, it was always in me, you know, I was so passionate about it. There was nothing else that I could have done. So for me to see, you know, all these inequalities, you know, and all this dirty uh, rats in the sport, you know, like fucking people over, fucking fighters over, you know, and, and it's so easy because when you're young and you're gullible and you have all the dreams and you only think about the positives, it's very hard to imagine bad things that can happen to you. Unfortunately, they do happen. So, you know, I feel that it is my job sort of as somebody that's been through all this, warn fighters. And on top of that, uh, you know, I've been very recently involved in a very, very bad deal, as I mentioned to you, uh, with, a, with somebody who was a friend of mine before and then became my manager. And this is something that I want to share with you guys here. Um, so I that's will why, mention them there is. Yeah, so that's why I asked you the question as a gateway to this topic, because I know this is something that has been weighing on you very heavily. So can you tell us what has been going on with you and your now former manager as of late? Yeah, I will say this. This is a long story that uh, took two years um, to, to, to resolve and that uh, there's going to be a full video uploaded. I, I've uploaded it on some Russian websites already. Uh, I will upload it. And so I'm going to give you a shorter version now because the full video is like nearly 40 minutes long. Oh. So I just I'm going to show here as well. It's just so people don't think I'm reading. I have a little notes here, just one page. Wow. Because it took two years, you know, I, I, wanna, I don't want to mix things up and don't want to, you know, confuse things. So I have a little notes here uh, for me. So the story started at the end of 2017. Um, a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, who, somebody who was a friend of mine, uh, Artem Karolinov, his name is. He was a Fight Nights global matchmaker. And we were sitting in Moscow one day at one of their events. It was end of 2017. And we were talking about different things. And I mentioned to him, they said, look, I don't have a manager now. And he says to me, look, I'm a matchmaker now, but says, I always wanted to be a manager. This has been a dream of mine. I'm good at it. I want to do it. And I know a guy for a while, you know, he seems to be a good guy. He doesn't seem to be, you know, he seems to be smart enough, you know, and he's passionate about it. So I tell him, I said, look, man, you want to try being my manager? I have no problem at all. I said, look, we're friends. I give you 20 percent whatever you find you bring i give you 20 percent if you if it's my own deal and i find it then i don't pay you but whatever deal you find 20 percent is yours so yeah that's perfect that's great immediately he like literally within a day or two he wants me to sign a contract and we're sitting there he puts a contract in front of me and i'm like oh, which i trust him and he says to me look this contract is just 
it's nothing, just formality. You know, he says, if we ever decide that we're not gonna work together anymore, you just tell me and we go our separate ways, no issue. So I don't even read the contract. I literally sign it right in front of him. You know, I felt a bit awkward to read it. I probably should have, but you know, this is my friend who I trust. I'm not gonna start reading the contract every page in front of him. So I open the last page, I send the contract uh, and that's it. So we start working. Um, he can't find really any any deals for me, but you know we, we keep working. And now this is the beginning of 2018, and he comes to me again and he says, "Artem, look," he says, "the fight night global situation is very difficult now with finances. Uh, you know they they don't really have as much money as they did before, which is unfortunate." I said, "Look, I understand that." So then he says to me, "I want to leave being a matchmaker. I don't want to be a matchmaker anymore. I want to have my own management company, and let's." Two of us set up a management company together. We will uh, split it 50-50. You have all the contacts. You know, you speak English. Uh, you know everybody out there. You know, I have the contacts in Russia. I'm here in Russia and I will be like the main guy. I'll be the manager, you know, and you're just going to be the face or whatever. So I said, okay, uh, sounds good. Let's do it. And we set up uh, what's called the Gagarin Sports Management. Uh, we split it 50-50. He has all the paperwork. He didn't send me any paperwork yet. We just agreed that it's 50-50. I don't ask for any paperwork. I just say, okay, that's fine, no problem. Um, so then we start working. He starts signing some fighters, like very low-level fighters, you know, some good, some better, some worse, whatever. But uh, what I mean low-level, not in terms of the skill level, but in terms of where they are at, in terms of, you know, people knowing them. But he is not able to get any deals, not for me, not for himself. While all this is going on, you know, um, and then I get an offer from BKFC. Uh, how I get it, uh, back crawling, the fighter, you know, from uh, a better fighter, you know, she reaches out to me and, on Twitter and says, Artem, I'm on BKFC now. These guys are really good. They pay well and they're interested in signing you. Can I give them your phone number? So I give my phone number, they contact me, I negotiate with them and I tell them, at the time I told them, I said, look guys, if you want me to leave UFC, I said, look, UFC is a big deal. You know, it's a very big uh, company, you know, it's the top of the range and I you know I fought a lot to, to get there uh, and I don't want to leave but I said if you want me to leave now said give me this number I believe at the time I asked for a quarter of a million guaranteed I said if you can guarantee me a quarter of a million per fight I, I will leave the UFC uh, they said to me at the time said look Artem not exactly quarter of a million but we can do a bit less you know let's talk so at that time I told them I said no guys if, if you can do quarter of a million then you know I'm not interested in leaving because I still want to be with the UFC I see potential there I could still you know turn it around and something could happen from it. so we leave it at that then me and Kyle and off talk and say look if I'm not leaving the UFC look at the offers that I'm getting there I'm clearly you know I'm clearly wanted you know people want to see me fight so let's at least renegotiate my contract with the UFC now, of course, Karlanov doesn't have a contact with the UFC, so I provide him with the, con with the contact. Another thing is he can't speak English. Mm -hmm. So I write out the message, I send the message to him, and then he sends it to UFC, to Sean Shelby, as if it came from him. Wow. The reason I do it is because we're now you know, in partnership. We have a company together, and I need this guy who is the manager. I need him to start talking to UFC and you know get all these contacts so in the future he can sign our fighters to those promotions. So uh, we do this, and at the time I was on 17 and 17. So when we uh, wrote that message to the UFC, they increased my pay to 25 plus 25. Uh, so then uh, my fight with uh, Michael Johnson come, comes about. 
my fight. Um, I get 25,000. I lost, obviously, so I got just 25,000. And also, not only I didn't actually get the full 25 because they taxed me, uh, Canada taxed 15%, which I still actually haven't claimed till this day. And they also, because there's an exchange and they pay me in dollars, but my account is Euro account. So when the money lands, I lose some on, on exchange rate. But agreement is agreement with the manager now, you know, so I pay 20% into the company now. Hmm. And now the thing is what changed with this is at the start was if I find my own deals, then I don't pay him. But now that we have a company together, it doesn't matter because now I have to pay into the company because I realized that it needs to be fed. It's a business. It needs to be fed. It needs to grow. So now, no matter whether I found the deal myself or he found it, I still pay 20% into the company to, to you know, to, to feed the, the company. So even though I renegotiated my own deal, I still pay 20%. And I paid the full 20%. So I, I transferred $5,000, even though I didn't get the full 25. Mm. But, you know, agreement is an agreement. So then, uh, around this time as well, Karanov starts asking me to find fights for some of the fighters that we have. But this is like lower level fighters and like for a thousand euros, you know, 2,000 euros, and I tell him, I said, look, Artem, I don't have the time to do all this because, uh, you know, I'm still fighting, and look, you know, I'm, I'm getting paid, you know, I'm finding deals for us. All this time, I'm finding different deals, like my Parimaj deal founded myself, you know, any other deals I find, and I'm paying 20% to the company, to him, essentially, you know. Mm -hmm. So I said, look, I'm the only one bringing any money. So I said, how do you also want me to look after all these fighters? I said, I don't have time for this. So then he tells me, he says, okay, if you don't have time to do all this, well, let it, let's, it's going to be only 25% yours, not 50-50 like we initially agreed, but you're only going to have 25%. I kind of a little bit think about it for a second, but then I'm like, oh, fuck, I just want to get him off my back. I said, right, fuck off, whatever. I said, let, let it be, then that might be 25%, whatever. Um, then uh, my girlfriend was pregnant at the time, you know, and I was like, look, this this 25-25 that I'm on now and I'm waiting for a fight with UFC, very difficult to get a fight. I realized, look, I need to leave UFC and I need to take that big UFC contract. So, so I say, okay, I will reach out again to BKFC. I tell them, look, guys, you know, I, let's see what can you offer me. You know, let's uh, sign a contract. I'm, I'm going to go and fight for you now. So I sign a contract. I fight my first fight, Jason Knight. The internet explodes. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about the fight. I have poly fight now coming up. So I come up to David Feldman right there and then I said, look, David, I'm all beat up. Look at me. You want me to fight poly in three months? I can't even train. I can't do anything, anything, but I'm willing to do it. But I feel I deserve a little pay rise. You know, isn't it fair? Now, in fairness to David Feldman, he's like, look, Artem, that's fair. You, you know, you fight good. You're ready to fight again. Yes. So he gives me a bump. So I renegotiate my contract. Uh, when I get home, my my uh, my clothing contract with Jim King was up for renewal, was up now. So I tell Kyler, I said, look, man, this is your chance now. I said, we've been together now nearly two years. You haven't found one deal for me. You haven't made any money for me. I said, my contract for clothing is up now. I've just had a massive fight that lit up the internet. I have a massive fight coming up with Poly Malinaj now. I said, if you cannot get me a fucking clothing sponsor now, you're useless. What, what is your point then? There's literally no point get, having you. So I tell all this to him, but in the back of my mind, I already seen that this guy doesn't really get the work done. So I don't want to waste my own opportunity. And I start emailing everybody from fucking Reebok to Nike to Under Armour. Anybody I could find, any clothing brand I could find, I email everybody. I'm, I'm bombarding them. 
And sure enough, Karlanov does nothing, but I find myself a new deal with Couture Club. And it's two and a half times bigger than my previous deal with Jim King. Hmm. So, so then I'm a bit like really pissed off. So I call him and I say, listen, Artem, you know, I don't mean to start no fights here, but this is for, from my point of view now. I've, uh, I'm the guy that's fighting, bring all the money. I'm the only guy getting deals that bring money into our company. I am uh, now found myself another sponsor. And I said, all you've done so far is taken my 25% of me. Do you think that's fair? And, and to be honest, I wasn't going to start fighting with him, but I was just hoping that he would be like apologetic or something. But instead, he like goes at me, starts like, ah, oh, what's this? That's because the money is coming now from from the, you know, bare knuckles. So now you will change. What? Hold on a second. I've been paying you. I've been doing everything. Well, what are you on about? And is there no truth to what I'm saying? So then we have a massive fight. So then I, I'm fighting as well. I'm like, and I said, if when I was 50% owner and I paid 20% into the company, Technically, 10% is mine because I'm 50% owner. So half of the profits is mine. Says now that you've taken 25% of me, when I pay 20% to the company, a smaller share is mine. So we have a big fight over this and we settled that now I'm only going to pay 10% of the company because I only own 25%. So then uh, my fight with Polly is approaching and David Feldman tells me, says, Artem, I don't have contacts in Russia. If you can find the TV deal in Russia, I will give you 30% from that deal. So I say to Karlanov and I say, look, this is your chance now. You're in Russia. Let's find the deal. And he comes back to me with a deal uh, and says to me, look, I found the deal with Match TV, but there's one issue. I couldn't do the deal directly. I had to go to another guy. So he says to me, so the 30% that David Feldman will pay us, let's split it three ways. You keep 10%. I keep 10% and 10% to this guy. Man, then I just lost. I said, I have uh, two problems with this. My first issue is, number one, you you know that guy that you want to pay to? I said, you are that guy to me. I pay you for that work. And I says, I don't give a fuck how many guys you need. What if tomorrow you tell me you needed 10 guys? Now I have to fucking split with 10 guys. I says, you split your share with them. But my share is my share. That's number one. And number two issue I had now, I said, so I'm fighting without me. None of this is possible at all. None of this happens if I don't fight, if I don't risk my health. And you want me to get the same percentage as you and some <laughs> fucking guy that you found. This is crazy. So I told him, I said, Artem, you know what? Now the issue is that not only that you're not getting deals or getting budgets, is that I don't trust you. And this is a big issue for me because a manager has to be your closest person. You share everything with them. And now I realize that you're trying to set me up, give me all these shitty deals. I don't trust you. I said, look, we spoke about going separate ways. Let's do that now. And I said to him, I said, look, and let's, fair is fair. I understand that this is sudden. We're splitting up. So I tell you what, the company, Gagarin, I said, you keep all of it. I don't even want the 25%. You keep all of it. All my contacts I shared with you, whatever else, use it. No problem. I have no issue with that. The TV deal, the match TV deal, the 30% deal, I said, you keep that 30%, all of it. I don't want none of it. You keep it. That's my kind of goodbye to you. All I want to keep is my own deals that I found myself, like Paris Match deal, the Couture Club deal, the BKFC deal. That's it. That's all I'm taking and I'm leaving you. First, he was the initial reaction was, ah, oh, please give me a second chance, you know, give me another chance. And I said, look, this is not about you being a bad manager or not being able to do the work anymore. This is about me not trusting you. And if I don't trust you, I can't have you as a manager. I can't have you as somebody so close to me if I don't trust you. So I said, no. So then he goes crazy, like, no, I want the money, blah, blah, blah. So I said to him, look, that's it. 
I'm done here and I just put the phone down. Sure enough, a couple months later, I get a letter, a court letter, uh, saying, okay, you have a court case. For me, I say, okay, that's no problem. I hire a lawyer. Um, I hire a lawyer, we go for the first court, uh, court date. The first court date happens. Him and his lawyer, they have nothing. The judge is like, what the hell is this? So they ask for the court to be moved to, uh, to another date. So they move the court to another date. We go to the second date. The same situation repeats itself again. They don't really have many facts. They don't have anything. They again ask one more time the judge to move the court case again. So we move it again. And then um, suddenly COVID hits. COVID hits and every court case is canceled. Everything is canceled except mine. And I was like really, you know, surprised by it. So I called my lawyer and said, what's going on there? He says, ah, they're probably, you know, sick of this guy. They just want to, you know, choke him out already because that's it. So I'm like, okay, lovely. Court happens, very short fucking meeting, and they rule it in his favor. Literally, he still didn't, he didn't provide any new evidence, didn't bring anything. Literally, zero. He was asking to move the court, brought nothing new, and suddenly I lost. I'm like, what, what's going on? And look, I don't want to say anything here on camera, but as my... You know, lawyer suggested, said, look, there's something shady going on. You know, something, you know, maybe a bribe or something because this is not right. No, in my mind, I'm like, fuck it. You want to play that game? No problem. I don't give up. As you've seen my fights, motherfucker, I don't tap out. So uh, we, uh, we appeal. We appeal the case. The appeal gets set. I, and now I want to be even more prepared. So before the appeal, I requested this letter from David Feldman. I don't know if you can see it, yeah. but this is an official letter from David Feldman stating that I negotiated my contract myself with him, that I've done everything myself without any assistance and everything is done by me, official letter. So I bring this into the appeal, but the appeal judge uh, doesn't even want to hear it. Within five minutes, literally, my hearing was five minutes. She doesn't accept this. She says, this is not evidence. She says, that's it. And she throws it out. So I lose the appeal as well. And I'm saying, what do you mean it's not evidence? The whole court case is over my BKC contract. I have the fucking letter from the president, official letter, stating that I've done all the negotiation myself. How is that not evidence? And what the fuck is evidence? If this is not evidence. But I lose the case. Now again, you know, the Russian hammer don't tap out. So I then appeal. I have to read this because this was the new term for me. Cassation court. Cassation court is basically a court. They don't make a decision in your actual case but they just make a decision that your case was not viewed appropriately by the court. Mm. So I, I appeal there. They review, they review my, uh, my case. They straight away find a million mistakes with it. And they send it back saying to the appeal court saying, no motherfuckers, you made a mistake there. You didn't give this guy a fair trial. You didn't do your job. So now my appeal gets set again for another day. And now already in this appeal, no, no, iffy, iffy shit can happen because the cassation court is so high up that, you know, they're watching them now. They, you know, they have to now do everything by the book. So, of course, uh, my, my, you know, my, uh, my appeal happens and this is the letter I want to show you that he brought into the fucking thing. And this is a fake letter. You probably can't really see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it's like an email. This is just an email, basically. Yeah. And it's a fake email from... David Feldman, as he claims, and it reads that uh, that he basically did the negotiation. It's just an email. It's not an official letter. It's just an email. Now, not only that, it is so badly done that in in this email, his name is written with Russian letters, with the Cyrillic letters. 
when the judge saw that, she, she started laughing. She said, so you're telling me that the American president, you know, David Feldman writes in Russian? What the fuck is this? They kind of like, you know, they realized they fucked up and his lawyer just says, well, you know, he's, uh, he's of Jewish descent, of American Jewish descent, you know, there's a lot of Russian Jews, you know, maybe something, you know, she tried to, but the judge literally just started laughing. First out laughing, she kicked them out of court and the Russian hammer won. And I won my, my court case. That's how you won? Yes. Holy. Now, Ariel, there's another twist in the story. Wait, when was that, another by the way? That when I was that? When was that? Before you tell me the twist, when did that happen? When did you win? I won in uh, just in uh, July, uh, August. Wow. August, just August. Okay, okay. And what's the twist? Just And the twist is another twist. So while all this was going on, if you remember, I signed with a French promotion, MMA promotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, to fight in Paris, right? And it's happened to be the matchmaker of that promotion. His name is Guillaume. He's a French guy. Uh, he has a, a fighter. Uh, he's also not only a matchmaker there, he is actually a manager. You know, he manages a lot of fighters as well. And one of his managed fighters is Tony Johnson. Hmm. So when I was meant to fight there, um, and because Tony Johnson used to fight in Fight Night Global, Guillaume also knows Carlin. They also know each other. So when I got signed to fight there, Karlanov messaged Guillaume asking how much am I going to get paid for my fight and saying that I owe him $70,000. He was trying to get his money back through my, you know, wow. uh, my purse. He wow. was trying to, you know, get them to send my purse to him wow. rather than to me. But Guillaume immediately messaged me all this, sent me a screenshot and showed it to me and said, Artem, you don't even have to explain anything to me. And he says to me, that guy is a dirty motherfucker. And he tells me this story. He says, when Tony Johnson used to be in uh, Sign and Fight Night Global and Karlanov was the matchmaker, we would be asking them, say, well, what, you know, what's the story, fights, whatever. And Karlanov told them basically, listen, if you want to fight there, you have to give me 10% of your purse. So he was basically stealing money from Tony Johnson. You know what I mean? Saying to him, look, if you don't give me 10%, then there's no fight. Just doing the Georgia thing. And obviously, Tony and the manager, Guillaume, they didn't want to do this. But as you know, opportunities are very few in this world of MMA, and they had no choice but to accept that raw deal. Uh, and you don't have to listen to it just from me. I sent you a, a video of Tony Johnson confirming those, uh, those words himself. So that's what that guy was doing. So John tells me, look, he's a very dirty guy. A guy like this in his position, stealing, robbing from fighters who already fucking struggle to make ends meet. You know, he's, that's not a good person. So he says, I, I, I know what you're telling me is the truth. And he says, don't worry about it. Your purse is safe. You're going to get every cent of that. And that motherfucker is not getting nothing. First of all, congratulations. Well freaking done, Artem. You don't tap in Thank the cage. You. you don't tap in the courtroom as well. So exactly. uh, good man, good man. Um, and I can't imagine how that whole ordeal felt. Did you retire because of this? Did the stress, did it make you hate the sport? Did it, did, did it turn you off? I mean, you said August. That was around when you retired. So I was wondering if the two stories were combined. Uh, not at all, not at all. Aaron. It just okay. happened that it kind of okay. was at the same time, but I retired for all the reasons I mentioned gotcha. to you. But I'm not going to lie, this whole situation have given me a lot of stress. And another thing is this, the court was supposed to be the second uh, appeal. I was supposed to win in July before my fight, which I was really looking forward to. I was thinking, okay, I win the court and then go and fight. But this motherfucker submitted this fake fucking email and asked to move the court date again to August. Uh. So... 
Then I had to go into a flight fucking with this thing in the back of my mind. No excuse at all. Look, I was beat fair and square, not at all, but just, you know, something yeah. that obviously was weighing heavy on my mind throughout these two years, you know? Of course. Um, after all of this, have you ever heard from Artem again? Uh, no, I've never heard from him again. I don't even want to hear from him again. You know what I mean? I know everything I need to hear from this motherfucker. Yeah, you know? I was just wondering just, if he tried if he tried to reach out to you, and well, I don't know. I was just curious. No, another actually moment that I want to mention here when he when he got the the, the decision, you know, the initial decision when he won that, he tried to actually email me at that time saying, "Give me the money now, or else I'm going to you know go to the to all the uh, news uh, publications." And he did that, and. I was so honestly, like, pleasantly surprised that none of the Western media printed it, and they actually messaged me and they said, "Artem, we know you all too well. There is no way in hell that you could have done something like that. We know that that this guy is lying." And not one printed it. Also, it would have been big news, you know, like me story with the manager, right, right, but right. not one printed it. So, you know, I want to thank everybody that you know reached out and uh, you know uh, gave me the benefit you know, benefit of the doubt. I, I really appreciate that. Well done. Well done. Um, and so I guess there are some lessons here, right, for not only you, but all fighters, right? You know, that initial contract that you signed, you say, you know, I wish I would have read it. It's awkward when someone who you think is a friend is going to put a contract in front of you. But um, I guess, you know, fighters are put in a lot of tough positions where they want to believe that this person is going to lead them to bigger purses and paydays and all this stuff. But uh, there's a lot of people out there that want to take advantage of the fighters, right? So there's, there's a greater absolutely, lesson here. Absolutely. Yeah, and another thing, actually, Earl, I want to mention sure. here is about Camille Gajiv, the Fight Nights Global uh, president. Yeah. Because he was asked by the Russian journalist about this whole story, and he was shown a video of Tony Johnson uh, and everything. And his comment was saying, there is no way that Karlov did this to Tony Johnson. And he said that Tony Johnson is just looking for a spotlight. So my question to him now is, number one, don't forget that uh, Tony Johnson right now is a heavyweight champion of ACA. ACA is a very well-respected organization in the world. You know, they do 50,000 bonuses and everything. And, you know, let's be honest now, I don't want to, you know, be like getting a dig in, but Five Nights, unfortunately, had some, you know, bad luck, you know, financially. And ACA is now, you know, they're definitely above them. They're, you know, a world-known organization. And Tony Johnson is a world champion, heavyweight champion. And he had to knock out some very, very, very top competitions to get there. And uh, Gajiv saying that, Tony wants some spotlight. Come on now, spotlight what? In the story with Karlanov, who is an unknown guy. Nobody ever heard of this guy, not in Russia and not in, in the rest of the world. So he thinks that he wants a spotlight by mentioning this Karlanov. Come on now, the guy gets his spotlight by knocking guys out in ACA, some tough competition. You know what I mean? That's how he gets his. Tony is a solid guy. You know, he's never, you never hear him in no news, no nothing. He's just a quiet guy that trains hard and knocks guys out. So I was very, very uh, upset when I seen Gajiv claim that, you know, uh, this didn't happen and Tony is just trying to get a spotlight. What is he on about? Good man. Um, could I ask you uh, at this point, like what what does Artem Lobov do? Like what is what is your career now? Now that you say you're not going to go back to fighting, how are you supporting yourself, your family? What's the next chapter? Uh, yeah, well, I've I've been doing a lot of work with that very much. They have been very very good to me, you know, uh, throughout the years. They have been uh, not just uh, a sponsor for me; they've become like a partner, friend, family. 
you know, uh, they, they get me involved in a lot of uh, projects that allow me to earn elsewhere. I'm also involved a lot with Mahach FC, where my last fight took place, you know, we're planning an expansion. Uh, I'm also involved in some other projects that I just don't want to mention just yet. You know, I remember I told you that I don't like to talk about my business. When sure. it's, if it's successful, it will speak for itself. So I'm hoping that it works out as well. I'm just in some negotiations at the moment. Uh, so yes, I'm doing well. You know, uh, I'm not doing uh, too bad. I was uh, lucky enough to be in a position uh, where I could retire. You know, where I didn't have to uh, fight and uh, you know put myself at unnecessary risk and just show up there for a paycheck. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to have the people in my life that allowed me to to retire now and still healthy and able. So you're in a good spot. You're 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 content with everything. How it all played out. Yes, I'm very content. My kid is growing. I love him to bits. Uh, so things are good. Things are good. Could I ask, what do you want your legacy to be in MMA? Uh, I want my legacy to be about the sport. I mean, what is why is this sport so popular? Why is fighting so popular? What does it represent? It's because people love to watch it because it shows courage. It shows uh, determination. You know, it shows... Uh, uh, heart, you know, uh, and I feel that I've shown exactly that. Courage never turned down a fight in my life. Never pulled out of a fight in my life. Who can say that? Not many. Isn't, isn't that courage? It is courage. Going into the fight with fucking temperature fever, 40 degrees, you know, Celsius, when you can't can barely get up and you realize you're just going to get an ass whooping here because you can't even lift your arms. But no, there's no way I can not show up to a battle that I agreed to, that I said I'm going to show up to. No way. I'd rather take a loss than not show up. That's courage. Uh, heart. Never, never tapping out in a fight. Being choked out twice, having my arm broken once. I've never tapped out no matter what. Lost many, but never tapped out. Not one man can say that he made me quit. He made me tap out. You know, those things I want, I want them to be, you know, I want my legacy to be about that because I feel that's what the sport is about. And, and I feel that sport needs more of that. And to be honest with you, I see a lot more of that coming now. There's a lot less record parting starting to happen. You know, it's sport is going in the right direction. I'm very happy where the sport is going. And the fans still love you. Like even today when I say you're going to be on, it's all goat, goat, goat. They, they, still, uh, they still hold you in high regard. And I'm sure that feels good as well, right? Yes, I want to say a big thank you to the fans. And they've given me my favorite one of all the ones that they say. You know the way John Kavanaugh says, win, uh, win or learn. Well, the GOAT one, as, uh, as said by the fans, I win even when I lose. <laughs> even when I lose, I still win. <laughs> That's right, motherfuckers. Thank you for that. Really appreciate it. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. The GOAT never quits. I love it, Artem. Artem, so great to talk to you. I'm happy it all played out. Uh, do you feel do you feel like you got everything off your chest? Is there anything else you want to say? Yes. Thank you so much. I, I got everything off my chest. I felt this was important. And I'll be honest with you. I actually didn't even want to do it because once the story was over, I was like, oh, fuck, I just want to forget it and put it behind me. You know, but I was like, no, I can't let this motherfucker get away with this because that's what happens every time. And, and in fairness, when I reached out to Tony, he wasn't the same way. He said, look, it's in the past now. I've forgotten about it. And I said, Tony, Come on, man. We can't let this motherfucker get away from this. This was a very dirty thing that he done. He stole money from you, stole money from your table. He stole food from your family in a dirty, dirty way. We have to get this guy. And that's why Tony recorded that uh, video. So I want to thank him once again for, you know, having my back as well on this. And I want to thank you as well, Ariel, for having my back on this also. 
Always. And thank you all to all the fans that have my back also. And the haters, as always, thank you too, motherfuckers. Never forget the gold. Choo-choo. <laughs> I love you, Artem. You're the man. Thank you so much. Good luck to you in this new chapter. My best to your family. And uh, come on anytime. You're always welcome here, my friend. Thank you so much, Ariel. Really all appreciate right. this. There he is, Bye-bye. the Russian hammer, the goat, Artem Lobov, joining us. Support for this episode comes from user testing. Reading minds is hard. Good news is you don't have to. Remove the guesswork by including direct customer feedback using user testing at each stage of the product development process. Companies need to move quickly to build experiences that meet changing customer expectations, all while minimizing risk and costly rework. With user testing, you can get rapid feedback from your target audiences so that you can make higher confidence decisions earlier and faster. Design, develop, deliver, and optimize products and experiences with confidence and less risk. Start your free test today at usertesting.com slash vox. Wow. I feel like you can clip off that uh, choo-choo at the end there. What a legend. What a freaking legend. Artem Lobov. If you're newer to uh, MMA and you're going to look up uh, Artem Lobov, if you haven't been watching for a very long time and you're like, wait, this guy, what's his record? What is is his uh, official MMA record? 13, 15, and 1. You're like, what is the deal? Trust me. You see it there in the end. You see why people love him so much. You see why people uh, defend him so much, support him so much. Um, We talked about the GOAT thing, and he knows what it's all about, and he knows that it's in jest and all that, but one of the great characters of the last decade in MMA, and uh, pretty amazing that with a record like that is still so beloved, so revered um, after all these years. So thank you very much to... Uh, Artem Lobov, I'm glad that it all worked out. And uh, there's obviously lessons there, not only for fighters, but in, in life as well. I see contracts sometimes like, oh, I don't want to read this, but you got to read everything. You got to check everything. You got to be careful with who you trust. You got to be careful with who you surround yourself with, not just in fighting in all walks of life. So, um, and he really does a great job. Like, if you, he's active on social media um, and just a great guy, very supportive of me. You know, when I went off and, and did my own thing this summer, he was very supportive, retweeting my stuff. I really appreciate him. But you can see him uh, quite often giving advice to fighters, weighing in on things about, you know, guarantees and, and, and managers and pay and all that. Uh, a lot of people should listen to Artem because he has seen it all. He has done it all. He's experienced it all. And uh, there's a lot of young fighters that are coming through this sport right now who will unfortunately make some mistakes. If they listen to people like Artem Lobov, hopefully they can avoid some of those mistakes. All right. Uh, In a matter of moments, thank you very much to Artem and all our guests. Coming up in a bit, I'll answer your questions. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, unfiltered Helwani, unfiltered Heelwani, back on the nose. Answer. How many questions we got here? What do we got? How many questions? How many questions? Sorry. No, not the right. Uh, 74. Okay, that's a good number. Um, all right. Matter of moments, though. Well, so I answer the questions at the end of the program. Matter of moments, though. We'll check in with GC. Before we get to GC, though. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, 
crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a smart water alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Check in with GC now. Who's heading to Indy? I was going to say, a lot of mention of that national title, no mention of the teams playing in it. Oh, you don't think I know? Well, I know Georgia. I don't know. Do you know? I know Georgia. And, of course, I know Alabama. They laid the smackdown on Cincinnati. I have to say, very underwhelming semifinal games. Don't like the fact that they're happening on New Year's Eve. I know that's a hot topic, right? Isn't that annoying? So I, yeah, I actually like it on New Year's Eve, especially when my team's playing. It gives me something to do that night. It's uh, Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like the New Year's Eve, you know. Uh, but, yes, Georgia will be heading to Indianapolis, and as will heading. I. Yeah, you're heading. Is this your first national championship? Oh, yeah. First national championship. I don't want to go because my team's in. I mean, you you got to spend a decent amount of money to get there. Now, haven't they played in the national championship before? So they actually have in Atlanta oh, when wow. I lived when I lived in Atlanta. What the but heck? I was a college student. So oh, I, right, uh, right, right. Yeah, it's a long story. I, I had to forfeit my tickets because I, I didn't go to the Rose Bowl game. It's a whole, wow, it was a whole really? thing. Yeah, you had to go to the Rose Bowl or you had to forfeit the national title tickets. I couldn't get out to California. It's a, it's a whole mess. Okay. Uh, and who are you going with? Uh, a couple of my friends. Wow. Two that went to Georgia, one that did not, but is just a Georgia fan. So Just coming along for the ride. Uh, yep. Yeah, touching down in Indy on Monday. And you'll be joining us from Indy. I will be joining you supposedly. from Indy. Yep. Yes, that's the word. There's that's no supposedly about it. I got internet connection out there. Yeah, no, that's what I hear. They have it. By the way, uh, most famous <laughs> Georgia alum. Bill Goldberg. You know Bill Goldberg? Uh, yeah, like Goldberg, the WWE wrestler. Yeah, he played for University of Georgia. Yeah. Did you yeah, know that? Man. Yeah, he played for the Falcons, too. So. Played for the Falcons. Cup of coffee, but he was actually really good. Coffee. Really yeah. good with the Bulldogs, I yeah, man. believe. Is he the most famous Georgia alumni, though? Uh, him and Herschel Walker. Ryan Seacrest. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Honorary alumni now. He attended the school, didn't graduate. Oh, get out of here with that. Really? That's the first name you're going to mention? Yeah. Maria Taylor. Uh, Chandler, the guy that was the coach in Friday Night Lights. Oh, Kyle Chandler, whatever his name is. Yep, George alum. Well, what's um, uh, what's his uh, what's his name in the show? Coach uh, Coach Taylor. Coach Taylor. Oh, what a great show! What <laughs> We're a really getting in the weeds here. Yeah, yeah. But Who's, yes, Monday I will be there. Greatest football player ever from Georgia. I mean, probably Herschel Walker. Yeah. But. yeah. Quite yeah. the Twitter follower these days. I don't know if you follow Herschel Walker. Yes, I don't know. Do you follow Herschel Walker on uh, Twitter? No, nah, I don't, but him I know and, what's him going and his on. His son with get very yeah, his son is, Holy I mean, smokes. Dude. I mean, uh, yeah, when I, was, when I was in Georgia at Christmas, there's like, I saw a few buses wrapped in like Herschel for governor or oh, senate yeah. or whatever he's running for. Um, all right, so you're going to be joining us there on yes. uh, Monday. Good luck to you. Maybe you do you, uh, you bet on your teams? Is that your thing? Or? I got a future ticket. I, I I took up in July to win the national championship, so wow. I'm just sitting on that. I'm were they were they that. preseason favorites? No, no, nah, they were close. like no, nah, they were third. They were close, third or fourth behind Ohio it? State, Clemson, plus six hundred. So wow, six to one. Yep. Look at you. Um, a lot of Still great feedback win. from the uh, award show on Monday. A lot of people, you know, a couple of people were like, "Yeah, KO of the year was a little underwhelming." Um, you know, didn't love some of the picks. There's always going to be some, you know, some criticism. But I thought overall we got some good, uh, we got some good feedback. I think I think we covered most of the ground that we needed to cover. Everyone got their due. Everyone got their, you know, their their shine, their love. They maybe didn't get the award, but they got the honorable mention. I feel pretty good about it. What about you? First one in the books. Yeah. Yeah, I feel good. I got one under my belt now. I feel yeah. like I know how to prepare better. 
2022, I'm going to be watching out for, uh, you know, candidates throughout the year. I'll be able to log them, track them better. It's, it's not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be caught off guard like this year. There was a subtle shot at the end. I remember hearing um, you sort of said that, like, New York Rick and I only kind of go for, like, the main event guys. You know, you're like, oh, I see this as this kind of award show. Like, we're not really getting into the weeds, right? You said that. Um, Did I say that? Yeah, you were like, oh, I see it's like this kind of award show. Oh, now I get what it's like. Something like that. You said something like that. Because we weren't getting, like... No, 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 no. It was, it was the... It was you took... You ripped on Rick mm. for taking for taking Kamaru Usman knockout. I heard, too. No. And then, you yeah. heard this, too? You heard this, yes. too? And that's what I heard. You Wait, was like, and then oh, he ripped on you for yeah, Anderson he's... Silva. And then you guys both... No. Ended up taking them later in the show. I was like, he's, okay, I see how Frank, this he's works. mixing two the things. Hypocrisy. You, you think he's mixing yeah. two things? Yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah. You guys, you guys backed me into a corner, not only... Literally. Yes, not only figuratively, but also literally. I was forced to take the corner seat. I fought for the middle one hard, but of course no, it I went think to rig. The corner seat is great, although I feel like the the Happy New Year stuff is a shot at me because I said, like, you can't do it, you know. I mean, it's January 5th, for God's sakes. I think we're it still putting still. up the happy. We're new still in the one. I mean, have you seen next? the Curb episode? Yes, happy of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he says what? January third, January fourth. Yeah. I, I felt bad. Tommy Fury wished me a happy New Year. Like literally thirty Ooh. minutes after I, <laughs> I went on that. You should have little... hit him with that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I feel it feels a little bare now without the Christmas lights. You know. Well, we got to do. Well, what's what's the next one? I, I got know. some things in the work. I got some things in the work. Some things on the way. Maybe I'll put up. Maybe we'll keep it really relevant, and I'll have the poster for the upcoming UFC event. I like that. Always to my oh, right. Wow. We got How a nice. That? We got a nice color printer here. I'm not saying it's going to be on oh, nice paper, it? but yeah. you know, just paper. Yeah, I like that. Or whatever the next card is. If it's you know Bellator, if it's. Yeah, PFL, exactly, whatever that next yeah. card is. I think I'm gonna have some futures too. Maybe I'll have a little fan zone of the uh, guys that I'm supporting to, you know, become champs in 2022. I'll, you know, I can do something. I like thought that. the Hall of Fame would get populated a little bit quicker than this. I mean, we got two guys in there right now. Two guys. I follow Skilly on Instagram. Every time he pops up, I'm kind of like, wait, who's? And then I remember <laughs> Adam Skillington, my right, guy. Right, my right, guy. Right. He's not gonna lose the follow. I got a few of those as well. I just feel like you see, it's like it's almost like when a party. You know, the lights come on, you've stuck around, and the decorations are still up. I yeah. mean, yeah, I you mean, know, we got the hat up here. Feels I lost like, the glasses. I don't even know where the glasses are at. Yeah, you're like leaving the Christmas tree up a little too long, you know, those types of people. Listen, they'll, they'll be gone on Monday. All right. Well, you won't even be here. We won't even go to this shot. We're going to go to a Zoom shot. Yeah. Joe's gonna Wednesday, they'll up. be gone. They'll be. All right. We'll see. We'll see about that. Um, so, what I wanted to do was. Uh, as we're officially putting 2021 to bed, I was busy on December 18th. I don't know if you saw, but I was hobnobbing with the guys in the ring in uh, Tampa over there, wearing my mask, oh so mm. proudly, pissing off the likes yeah. of Jake Shields and it. others. Um, so I was busy, but I did after, you know, I was <sighs> let my hair down, okay, big knockout. <laughs> you had a big night. So I feel like since there's nothing to really bet on, I mean, I was looking at, Tapology, our good friends. These are the events, by the way, this week. If you can find anything yeah, let's on hear them. Let's hear them. Road to Brave Korea, happening uh, Friday, January 7th in South Korea. Got to like a couple of Face-off fight night going on in Lagos. Um, or is it Laos? <laughs> yeah, it might be Laos. Yes, that is Laos. Lagos, Laos. No one will ever know. Um, Aries <laughs> Fight Series 3 in Knoxville, Tennessee, happening on Friday. 209 beat down 13, obviously in Stockton, home of the 209. Uh, yeah. Reality fighting in Connecticut. MMA X FC 21. Uh, shout out to Art of Combat SC 15. And that's it. 
That's, that's a next, ton of yeah. That's a ton of MMA. There if are you, lines on Invicta, but that's not till next that's Wednesday. That's next Wednesday, which is fun. You know, you can watch us and then watch them. But um, don't forget that you know, Happy New Year, the New Year's resolution. We're going to get five new promotions beyond the UFC, the PFL, right. and the Bellator. So Wait, that's so going to happen. Think, you think we might get a a couple picks on two hundred nine beatdown thirteen? If you could find one line on any, you might find on on best on best fight odds. The next card that they have odds wise is Invicta FC forty five. Yeah, unfortunate. Which I wasn't aware. All female promotion. I did not. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have. If I were you, I wouldn't have admitted that. I would. That would have been something that we. I'm still learning in this game. I'm happy to admit that. I don't know if I would have admitted that. Um, Does that show my casual card? Well, you know, listen, uh, some things better left. Off cam, but that's fine. You want to go, you know, that's, I mean, they've only been Haley Cowan looking like a solid favorite there. (laughs) I mean, here you are pulling off like prelim award winners, and then you say that about Invicta. In any event, I did want to go back to December 18th because didn't you, uh, didn't you hit the home run? We did, so we did well. And I will say there is like a little bit of an asterisk on the home run. We lost, we lost Barcelo, so it got knocked down from like, a plus like seven ten plus seven fifty whatever it was down to like a plus four ten. It, mm. it hurt the odds pretty hard losing that big, huh? Yeah, losing Barcelos. It was something. Maybe it was only in like the plus six hundreds, but it it did hurt substantially just because at that point we had so many fighters on the parlay that it that it took away from the odds. But yeah, overall, man, it was a uh, it was a solid night. We can start with the recap here with the uh, with the singles. I mean, I didn't really love the card from a betting standpoint, but uh, Macy Shea's on. We lose her, you know. We only, we only put a few units on her, but uh, Melissa Gatto, we do pick up an underdog win. That was uh, that was pretty nice. Cashed her at plus one sixty, uh, and then Stephen Thompson by decision, we lose very yeah. very handily. I mean, he, oh my god, Bilal showed out, man. A thirty twenty six, a couple thirty twenty sixes in there. Very I mean, impressive. it was just domination by Bilal. If you were sitting on a Bilal plus two hundred or even a Bilal by decision, I mean, kudos to you. That was a uh, that was a fantastic pick by you. And then we will go to uh, the parlays here. By me? What do you mean by me? Oh, if someone picked it, okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I thought yeah, you I meant, meant like by me. Nah, yeah. like by you, like yeah, whoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people were holding yeah, that ticket. Yeah. yeah, so we lost. I counted the Mearshart Barcelos as a parlay. Even though it was only one pick, I guess that could technically be a single. We're really, you know, getting into the nitty-gritty comparing that, though. But we do go technically 4-0. We hit the plus 108. You know, Gamrot and Simone, they look great. We hit a plus 105 on the prop parlay. And then there it is. We hit the uh, quote-unquote air fire at plus 410. I mean, we get every single one of our parlay pieces correctly. If we had Hayoni Barcelos in there, I think he would have won that as well. So with that, plus 410, promises made, promises delivered. Oh, what? What do we have? Let's head over here. Wow. To (laughs) this camera. Look at what we've got you here. You actually wait, the ca- the microphone's not working. Promises made. Yeah, there it is. Promises delivered. Frank reminded me probably ten times to turn the oh. mic on and I still somehow forgot in the excitement of everything that going on. That is an on. actual air fryer? Look at this thing. This wow. is the Prosenic T twenty one XL. 5.8 quarts, 1,700 watts. I mean, this thing's got Wi-Fi connectivity on it. You control it with the at-home app. Wow. I mean, non-stick, dishwasher, safe basket, LED touch control panel. I mean, this is this is the pinnacle of modern-day cooking, baby. This is created with the user in mind. And we heard the ding. That means... Oh, I there's something in there? Oh. Chicken fingers? I think we got... Tenders? 
think they're ready to go here. This is incredible. Wow. Actually, are you really, are you, is that Air legit? Air fried chicken. Look at, listen. Wow, let's, let's okay, taste here it. Here we go. Let's go. I could taste it. I could taste it in my throat. You hear that crunch? Yeah. You hear that air fryer crunch? Wow. First of all, congratulations. As good as it gets. I have many follow-up questions. Did you carry this on the subway? That crunch, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I couldn't quite hear you over the crunch of the air fryer. It's it's the pinnacle of modern-day cooking. Yes, on the subway, this was carried. This is amazing. Also, how did I not notice it? Did you hide it from me? Uh, yes, it was <laughs> in from you, but yes, this transported on the subway. I can't speak necessarily to its cleanliness, but... Uh, how how heavy? Uh, this is a 15-pounder. Wow. Yeah, it says it on Amazon when you order it. Did you did you carry it in the box? Uh, no, it was in a duffel bag. It was it was hidden away. I didn't want anybody to steal yeah. it or anything. Wow. I didn't want anybody to So you actually, did, you really bought this as a result of that? Purchased, yes. Wow. Promises made, promises delivered. <laughs> Shout out to our man... Uh, Wow. Who? I'm drawing a blank. The oh. man who inspired this all, who got that air fryer oh, right, right, way right. back when. Damn. Yeah. There's no way I'm remembering that name. No, I can't remember it either. That is, is it Rohan? Really? It was Rohan. Is it Rohan? There it is, yeah. Shout I, out to Rohan. By the way, prior to meeting you, I never even heard of an air fryer. Now. It's I, everywhere you look, man. Yeah. I can't, by the way, I can't even like, like I can't go 15 minutes without hearing. I saw, I, I showed you airport. I saw it on the cover of a yep. magazine. So let me ask you, what, what, please enlighten me. What makes it so great? It's healthier, right? There's yeah, no I mean, oil just, involved. Yeah, no oil, convection, cooking. It gets from both sides. You can, if you get in the inside of that basket there, I mean, you can see the. the so you just drop it in there. That's it. Just drop it in there. You start it up. You got to let it preheat first. It's, it's as good as it gets. And how long? How long did that take? Uh, it took about 15 minutes to fry these it? bad boys up. Yeah. It wow. smells amazing. Raw chicken breast before, and now look at this. I mean, how this does it is, smell, Frank? How does it smell? It, it Tell smells. Us. Like delicious chicken. Wow. Have Frank's going to have some after this. Oh, yeah. Frank's going to have some. You okay. Know that. I mean, wow. Whole chicken We cooked up party. a whole bird in here. Yeah, we cooked up a whole bird, man. That is, is amazing. Now, why do you Chick-fil-A need... better watch its back, man. Uh, I mean, amazing. Where, where's the chicken from? Just like a frozen chicken type of this thing? This is uh, free range, yeah. uh, you know, grass-fed. Oregon, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, why do you need Bluetooth? Uh, Wi-Fi connectivity, so you can use the at-home app. Interesting. And why do you need that? Like, just to make sure everything's okay? You can literally start it up, crank it up from your couch. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, the uh, ProSonic T21 XL. And why did you choose that one? Reviews. Reviews are fantastic on it. They're saying this is top of the line, one of the best on the market. (laughs) We need to get these guys to sponsor us. ProSonic, if y'all are listening, I can, I mean. Yeah. As good as it gets. Well, DraftKings is now doing, like, actual. Is that a thing? Have we talked about this? Is that, like, a term? Where did this come from? It all started from Rohan, man. Just I that don't, guy? <laughs> yes, and then we started doing the air fryer parlay, and then I, we see DraftKings is I handing know. out air fryers, and then they want to claim they don't want they don't watch the MMA app. I mean, Wait. it's unbelievable. But that's not like a betting term, like oh, you nailed this. No. It's wow, that is amazing. No. No. But oh. I I want to believe that it's coincidence. Like I I don't think they saw that, and then they were just handing out air fryers. This is so good. I just I love the thought that went into all of this. The secrecy. The carrying it on the train, the hiding it from me. Where was the chicken? Was it in the kitchen? Where did you keep the chicken? Yeah, I mean, we got the eater kitchen over there. I, know, I mean, we are. Right. You didn't hear the clucking going on? I didn't hear anything. I yeah. didn't hear anything. It is amazing, though. I mean, I hate it, but it's no, like. We got tongs. We got. Oh, my God. We've got this massive office here. There's no one here. Yeah, it is kind of eerie. It's weird. Yeah. 
But that means that you could put the chicken in and not worry that anyone's going to take it. Exactly. No one was going to take this. I put in, I put my, you know, the sticky note, the classic office yeah, that's uh, right. etiquette on it. I, I threw GC, it on you wrote touch. Yeah, Frank. GC, you don't touch. Um, uh, so that gives us our final recap here. Yes, um, let's hear it. We finish up for the year, I think for the... For the card, we finish up 4.2 units, uh, which gives us a profit of 11.86 units. If we can get this graphic up here. You yeah, know. I need the graphic. Yeah, need I, the, I know you need... like to get the eyes on it. I you like, like to, to see. Be able to... Okay, there, there it is. is. And 4.2 units, 11.86. That's wow. how we finished 2021. So three months, 11.86 units. I'll take that. Now, are we starting fresh in 2022? That's what I've wondered. Do we set it back to zero? Nah. Because then it puts a lot of pressure on the first week. Because uh, we haven't seen a red yet. Yeah, you could put you could put, you could put like the graphic will always have the twenty twenty one final and just see if you're able to top it. Could be fun. Yeah, the goal is to top eleven point eight six for sure. I mean, that's a must. You did do Jake Paul? Make, huh? No, I did do Jake Paul. He was in the air fryer. Oh, he was. Okay. Oh yeah, man. Oh, I yeah, I was. That. I was watching. I got the knockout. I was actually eating uh, chicken at the time that it happened. I was. I was in shock when it happened, and then. You know, a great ringside interview by yeah, uh, that was good. That was good. you know whatever his name is. Yeah, that was, I mean, I did get spat on and uh, took a shower immediately in Purell <laughs> on my way home to the hotel, and then another shower, and then another shower. But uh, yeah, that was fun. That was fun. Well, I yeah. saw it. I saw it in the feed. I mean, it was. I think I saw it the next day, and I was like, oh my god, you actually did it. I yeah, I couldn't. Believe and I it, felt man. like you were actually very subdued about it. If I'm being honest. It felt weird because I was with my friends and none of them bet. So like it was, it was kind of subdued. I was just like oh, trying wow. to. I was trying to explain it to them. They also don't really watch UFC, mm. so I was kind of trying to explain it to them. And they just so you were like, watching a Derek Lewis Chris Dacus card in the apex. He throws. Oh, what's going on now? So he just, wants to have more chicken. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just let me know. It's just my tenders you? are ready. Okay, um, and uh, they're watching that, and then they're watching. J- I mean, for for you know, he throws his cup into the crowd. For a bunch the of people, cup was all time. Yeah, for a bunch of people who aren't big fight fans, they must have thought this is a bizarre world that you're now residing. Yeah, in. I mean, I had him. Yeah, I had him deep in the weeds. I was, you know, screaming at the TV when uh, when Gamrock got the got the finish. Like it was, they were really down in it. Um, yeah, they were more they were more interested in the Jake Paul fight. Is that true? Yeah, as casual like as casual fight yeah. fans, they were more interested in Jake Paul. How about that? What a world! I do have yeah, a I got quick to play question. The big, I know yes. this guy card. So. Yeah, Originally, Connor, you said you weren't going to bet on the Jake Paul fight. Yeah, that's so why. walk us through that. Like, what yeah, changed? Well, tell us. Thought you guys were going to have more of a dialogue, so I went for some chicken. Now. <laughs> Please uh, explain, because that's why I thought. I mean, uh, I'll admit I tuned out there for a brief second, so I didn't see it on the air fryer. It is. It is a real profound crunch, is it not? I mean, do you hear that crunch? Like I hear it, it's it echoing with you through the halls of box. I hear it with you even moving away from the microphone. It's. It's the pinnacle it's making me of hungry. cooking. I'm not um, gonna lie. Yeah, the Jake Paul thing. I just felt like it was a it was a nice little parlay piece to to add in on the end of the air fryer. I kind of got some flack for it. A lot of people were telling me it was a sin. You know, it was ridiculous what? going against. They were like, "You're going against the world of MMA." Like, oh, you're, you know, that. I was like, "They were like, you're this is the dumbest thing you've ever done." I was like, "Well, unless Tyron Woodley loses, then I I guess you know." You really got that? It was only one or two people. Yeah, it's amazing uh, how those one or two. Can really yeah, like, they always stick, stick with out. you. Yeah. yeah, they always stick out. I mean, I'm more so laughed, especially after Tyron got yeah, no. uh, knocked out the way he did. But uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it other... was a nice little. It was a nice little end of the year. Absolutely, so, can't yeah. imagine. Uh, Frank, you got anything else? No, that, that was. I mean, it was awesome to watch that fight. Like when 
Tyron got knocked out. You, I, wa- you don't even watch UFC. And I, I watched that fight. I mean, you were, you were there. It was cool. It was, no, I know, but I just think it's, again, it's, it's further uh, proof that for whatever reason, this man is connecting with people, right? Frank is more of a celebrity boxing matches guy yeah. than he is a uh, <laughs> no, UFC guy. He's, he's I mean, tuned into below the belt and whatnot. Yeah. Um, celebrity boxing and Amanda Serrano. Oh, yeah, that's your favorite. She's a celebrity. Yeah, we well, are going to get together. We'll drink. We'll bet on that. Amanda Serrano, uh, Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor fight. Oh, my God. Yeah, go ahead and put it on the calendar. I need to be involved in that. I don't know what I need to do, but uh, that's going to be such a big fight. Um, we need to get Amanda. Amanda Serrano lives in Brooklyn. I mean, it's a very easy in studio guest, right? What do you think, Frank? Look at that. Let's make it happen. I, think <laughs> I feel like we should just mute all our mics and listen to the she show. She actually uh, lives in the same apartment building as a friend of mine. Is that true? Yeah, they're next door neighbors. What? So I've been like, trying to get, get him to say this for God knows how long. So I it literally that. went through my mind because I was watching her cats once. Not Amanda's cats, my friends. Oh, wow. That's and like, weird. I was having a hard time opening the door. And I'm like, for all I know, Amanda's looking through her peephole right now. Like, Who's this guy? Yeah, like ready to, to level up, right? Wow. <laughs> now I get it. Now I get why you're such a big fan. Well, maybe we'll put a wager. Katie Taylor versus Amanda Serrano. My favorite, your favorite. Oh, I like that. You know? Not you, GC. Me no, and, uh, I, I me and Frank. Yeah, That's I was, what I'm I was, saying. I'm I, staring I at that. you. No one knows what Frank <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> the question is, what's the bet for? What's the stakes? Yeah, I feel like we've got some time to figure that out. You know? We've got a few months. Um, all right. Well, congratulations. I love the fact that you brought that in. I love the fact that you actually went out and bought it. A nice um, cheat meal, new year, new me, a little fried chicken. Why not? And um, if you could just show that, I just want to know that you actually bought it after December 18th. You know, the people want to know. Wow. You want to see a receipt? <laughs> Amazon, what do we do? What, I don't uh, keep my receipts, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm a modern man. I'm a millennial, you know. They're like, you want the receipt? Nah. Nah. You can throw it away. Email, text it to me. Something like that. No one I'm actually text. a no receipt guy. I hit the no receipt. Really? Option. Yeah, email, text, just no receipt. I'll do text if it's already in the system. I don't want to be touched. We need to move past the signing on the screen. There's got to be a way that it's completely touchless at this point, right? Yeah. I also feel terrible when they print the receipt and they hold it out to you and you're like, no, thanks. And they kind of hold it looking at you and they're like. To sign? This guy is really no, no 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 just to take it. They're like, oh, oh this guy really isn't going to take it. You might have a, they might not have a trash bin behind the counter. Sure, so then that's fine. Stuck with it. I don't want to hold the pen, and I just feel bad. Oh, I don't want germs. Yes, I don't want to. That's what I'm talking about. All this is about germs. I don't want to <laughs> sign your screen. I don't want to hold the pen. I want to take my little card. I want to tap it. I want to move on. Can we get to that point? I feel like we're almost there. We're like on the goal line. We're not quite there. I still have to sign the screen, and I don't even sign. I'm like. Pfft. I still have to put my little, you know, no receipt, tip, this, that. I'm happy to do it. I'll just say to you. Yeah. I know you're above the subway now, but the subway's got the tap cards. Yeah, I don't do subway. tap right in. Do they really now? And you just tap in. It's, it's Wow. Yeah, they're getting rid of the uh, MTA cards, you know, by 2024, I think. Is that a thing? Yeah. I haven't been on the subway in a while. Uh, so they don't do the swipe anymore? Well, you can still swipe, but they're trying to phase that out by 2024. Oh. How we even got onto this topic. Yeah. Wait, you know. so what do you tap? You tap a card or you tap yeah, your like phone? Yeah, like your credit card. Or you can do Apple Pay too, yeah. No, but when, oh, wait, so you, <laughs> so wait, so you, that's right when you now. get the card. But when you're going through the turnstile, what do you do? When you're going through the turnstile, they have a big screen, and you can either tap your credit card really? or tap your Apple Pay. Wow. Yes, they're phasing oh, out MTA New York cards. City. This, How about you that? talk about things that could be done off camera. They even had play. that on the Titanic, I believe. No, they didn't. By the way, when uh, who was it? Oh, Bam Bam mentioned Leo DiCaprio. I was going to mention Titanic, but I felt like you know, he wouldn't get it. And, 
Batman Robinson. and Derek Lewis back to back. That was a Tremendous, fantastic hour. Yes. You know, I can't. Sometimes I felt like they're mad at me. They're not. I mean, it was. It was a lot, but I had a good time. I was laughing. Now, uh, thank you very much. We'll see you on Monday. Safe travels. Thank you, sir. To Indy, beautiful Indy. Say hello to Patrick McAfee for me. That's where he resides. Maybe I could put you guys in touch. Uh, he'll probably try to steal you. It'll be all awkward. Um, so maybe I won't do that. But uh, thank you very much, GC. And uh, congratulations to him on uh, hitting that big air fryer parlay. Uh, without further ado, though, time now for everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time... It's yeah. time for a good old-fashioned Q&A, MMA oh, yeah. fans. I know some of you are mad about Veer now. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment has arrived but I have to, give it to, to hear from the I man just himself, did. Ariel Helwani. Live from the Box Studios in beautiful oh, yeah. New York City. Oh yeah, shout out to Mike Heck. It's on the nose. And now, to answer your questions, get out of your seats. Get out of your on seats. Your because on your feet. Ariel Helwani. That's me, baby. Everyone's favorite segment of the week, On the Nose, where we answer your questions in the most unfiltered, uncensored format. Let me go to my page here, ariahawani.substack.com. Pull it up. I've been jonesing for this. It's been a while since we did this, right? I mean, it's been like three weeks or something like that. Two weeks, three weeks. Uh, Let me go here. And, of course, chronological. Who's first? El Cubano. By the way, uh, shout out. You know, you can listen to this podcast on the uh, MMA Hour feed. It's falling. It, doesn't, it never fits. Um, there's also the MMA Fighting podcast feed. Uh, just today, new podcast out. Shaheen Alshadi, A.K. Lee. Uh, their rankings podcast is a very nice listen. It's a very cool idea. MMA Fighting has the best independent rankings panel i do believe in the business and uh, they have a podcast that's out right now on the mma fighting feed that you can check out that you can listen to it's a nice listen it's a nice recap of the month that was and uh it's cool to hear you know journalists talk about why people are ranked and um the thought process behind it all that stuff more it's a great idea so check out the ranking show that is up right now on the mma fighting podcast feed also on mmafighting.com all right let's answer some questions first one up el cubano hola ariel rock voice finally el cubano has come back to the on the nose segment thank you very much on monday we were blessed with the prestigious the highly prestigious the highly robust mma hour awards shout out to gc for continuing to be festive when possible and to new york rick who showed he was a man of the people didn't dress up though Then today, we get an interview with the knockout king, Derek Lewis. What a great start to 2022. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Can't wait for another year of the MAR. Neither can we. My question is, without throwing out your sources under the bus, which fight negotiations can you give us more information on, if any? Poirier versus Diaz, Adesanya, or Adesanya versus Whitaker to Viva Hiawani. Oh, wow. El Cubano coming out with the big stuff right off the bat. Um, all right. Dustin Poirier was on the Fight Podcast with Teddy Atlas and the great Ken Rideout. Uh, fantastic name. Oh, someone texting me now. Okay. Um, 
He said that he had accepted a fight against Nathan Diaz, and there is some truth to that. Here's the situation. There is interest in booking that fight, Nathan Diaz versus Dustin Poirier. There is interest in booking that fight, and it has been discussed. It was sort of thrown out. Hey, do you want to do it on January 22nd? And there's interest in doing that as well from both fighters, um, Dustin Poirier and Nathan Diaz. They've made that clear, I think, on social media. The problem is that Nathan Diaz contract. That's the problem. There's one fight left. And they're not going to give him that last fight against Dustin. Now, they may do a deal where they'll add another fight. That's the problem. That's the holdup. If Nathan Diaz had four fights left, there's a chance that fight happens as soon as January 22nd or the, uh, what is it, February 12th card. But it's that one fight. So there's a bit of a game being played right now, a bit of a, you know, a tit-for-tat game. All right, you take this fight, we'll add this. You want that, we'll add that. And there's the Connor fight coming up, and there's the potential of some other fights outside of the UFC. So that's the game being played right now. So as of right now, I'm not going to sit here and say no chance. Obviously, time is ticking. Obviously, Poirier and Diaz want it. Um, I know Diaz is in shape. Poirier just fought. But it's what do we do with that contract? Do we add another fight? How can we add another fight? How do we stick around for the Connor trilogy? How do we stick around and keep you know Diaz under contract? That's the issue right now. So Dustin saying that he's accepted a fight is fine, but the real issue right now is is Nathan, and Nathan wants the fight. I think he's made that clear. Dustin wants the fight. As for Israel Destiny versus Robert Whitaker too. Uh, as I reported yesterday, Izzy hasn't signed, um, but I would be shocked if that fight doesn't happen on, is it February 12th? I don't want to keep saying the wrong date. Yes, February 12th. He hasn't signed. Remember when he did the whole, you know, that's cap thing with the tweet? That's another interesting story to follow in 2022. Israel Adesanya's contract, not quite... At the point of Nathan's, I think there's a couple left, but that's an interesting one to follow. Could you imagine in 2022, we are facing a potential scenario where Izzy might reach the end of his contract, Diaz reaches the end of his contract, Conor McGregor reaches the end of his contract, Francis Ngannou reaches the end of his contract. Think about that for a second. Think about how big those names are. Think about the power that they have. Could be fascinating times. Now, the brilliance of the UFC is they don't let the fighters get to the end there because they know they, you know, they want to lock them up before they get to the end, before they're able to test those waters, those free agent waters. But what if they want to? What if they play their cards right and they get to the point where they can? Fascinating time. So I think Izzy versus Whitaker 2 is more than likely going to happen on that day, but it is worth noting, as I did, that he has not signed. Hopefully that sufficed. Uh, New York Rick. Oh, this is from, okay. I'm just going to read the questions, not the, the back and forth, if you don't mind. Hi, Ariel. First time commenter here with an interesting hypothetical regarding Juliana Pena's potential future as one of the GOATs. On Monday, GC boldly predicted that Pena will best Nunez in the rematch, and then Valentina will claim the 135-pound throne. What if Pena does indeed beat Nunez in the rematch, but then goes on to beat Shevchenko too? Where would she fall among the greatest fighters of all time? I mean, she'd be up there. 
tell you that much. But again, it's tough with the greatest stuff because like, oh, then she lost to Jermaine Durand to me. It would be an incredible stretch. It would be an absolute incredible stretch because I think by the time this is all said and done, I think there's a, there's a chance that we say that Valentina is the greatest of all time. Honestly. The only thing holding Valentina back is the lack of great opponents. Nunez was very lucky in the sense that she was able to fight Ronda and Misha and and um, and 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 Holly Holm and Chris Cyborg. She had those big names. Sometimes you're like DJ and you don't have those big names. P.S. Haven't heard anyone bring it up, but if Nate fights early 2022, then I'd like to see Wonder Boy as Connor's next opponent. Mm, yeah, but I feel like I don't want to see Connor fight at 170. Honestly, I want to see him fight at 155. Uh, this is from Zach. Good morning, Ariel. My question this week is, where do you see Francis Ngannou going after he loses to Cyril Ghosn later this month? You say that with such certainty. Uh, judging by recent articles, I'm guessing he will not get re-signed by the UFC. I personally don't see him going to Bellator. And what about boxing? Well, he has said recently that he really wants to box. Um, I remember him saying he wanted to box before his career is over. Yes, uh, that's what I just said. Uh, this week's handicapped hot take for you. Jake Paul would demolish Nate Diaz in a boxing match. He doesn't want that smoke. Much love, Zach. I don't think a lot of people uh, would think that you're crazy. Um, he has more of a traditional, you know, boxing game than Nathan Diaz, although we haven't seen Nathan fight in that world, at least not traditionally, right? Like we've seen his boxing in MMA, but not in an actual boxing ring. As for Francis, look, if Francis Ngannou loses to Cyril Ghosn, he's not going to be yesterday's news. I would gladly sign him if I had a promotion. If I'm Bellator, I would gladly sign him. If I'm the UFC, I would gladly... Like, guys, remember, this sport isn't about wins and losses, like just one or two. Look at Derek Lewis. Look how popular he is. Look at Tai Tuivasa. Look how popular he is. Now, of course, they're not, you know, guys who are selling millions of pay-per-views, but people don't care if you lose one, you drop one. Look at Bisping. When, when GSP lost to Matt Serra, was he done? No, he came back. He was even more popular. So even if he loses, maybe he'll lose some leverage. But I wouldn't be shocked if the UFC tries to resign him. Look, Dana speaks highly of Francis. You notice, anytime he talks about Francis, he talks about his management. He's trying to get him to sign with someone else. He's trying to get him to... Uh, be represented by someone else. He doesn't take a lot of shots at Francis anymore. He did in the past when he talked about him having a big ego. But I think Dana actually wants to be in business with Francis to a certain degree. I think anyone would recognize that Francis is a huge star. I would also say, and I've said this before, I think the way Francis's career has been uh, mishandled by the UFC as of late, and maybe they'll say it's a two-way street, has been a travesty, truly. This man is a promoter's dream. He fights the way in which every promoter wants a fighter to fight, especially a heavyweight champion. He's got that incredible look, that incredible style, that incredible power, that incredible backstory. And I feel like we've heard nothing from him since March. Of course, interviews, this and that, but like he hasn't been promoted. And so I'm really curious to see, let's see how they promote him between now and January 22nd, Right. They have a great runway here. They've got that show on the 15th, which isn't the best show. Is there a lot of Francis stuff being put out right now? Are you seeing him on billboards? This is the heavyweight champion of the world. And he looks like that and he fights like that. Promote him. 
because the, the 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 heavyweight champion is the one that is always going to resonate with the people more so than anyone because he looks like a superhero and he fights like a superhero and he has power like a superhero. And I just feel like we're letting the the politics get involved here. It's it's very unfortunate. Ariel, does absolute power corrupt absolutely? Sincerely, Dave from North Bay. What? Ariel, does absolute power corrupt absolutely? Sure. Uh, Tyler, what is the backstory behind your relationship with Patrick McAfee? The backstory, um, in the early days of the pandemic, he had me on a couple times and we hit it off and that's it. I've I've only seen him very briefly once in person when I was at the uh, SmackDown show at MSG. We have similar, I don't know, takes on careers. And we talked a lot when I was, you know, leaving ESPN and all that. And um, I, I have, look, kayfabe aside, I don't know if I have, I mean, I have so much respect for him. He would be on my Mount Rushmore right now of people in the media because of what he did, how he built it, the loyalty that he has to his guys, the fact that he's doing it essentially on his own. Of course, he has, you know, um, he has sponsors and stuff like that, but like this is his own vision. And then, you know, the stuff that he's doing in wrestling, I think he's the very best color analyst in this sport since, or in the sport of wrestling, in the, the sports entertainment field, whatever the hell you want to call it, since Jerry the King Lawler. And he's up there with, he's going to be up there if he wants to with the King, with Ventura, with Bobby the Brain. Um, I just think he's just an incredible talent and the audience that he's built and his team is fantastic. Like, I just can't say enough good things, honestly. So anytime they want to have me on, it's fun. Um, and I like, you know, I like messing around and having fun there. And, and he allows you to kind of just be yourself. So that's really it. There's no other backstory. He was kind enough to come on this show, my other pod. He's just a cool guy. Doesn't take himself too seriously. Gets media gets what the people want um and i think we're moving in that direction like people want those shows over the traditional media shows where everyone's sitting around in a suit and giving you 30 second sound bites that's obviously the future and it's the type of show that we've tried to do here for a very long time um and you know getting aaron Rodgers on his show is huge every single week i think that took his show to another level and the dynamic that he has with aj hawk is great i mean i could go on and on so I'm a big fan. Uh, who is on your Mount Rushmore of Peloton instructors? What? Uh, I only use one. I only have one favorite. Emma Lovewell. Live, learn, love well. Uh, actually, I don't know if I should admit this because probably you guys are going to make fun of me, but I've been taking the Peloton boxing classes lately. They're kind of fun. You know, a little jab, right, double jab, right. You know, it's fun. Just getting ready for all the haters in 2022. But no, uh, I'm a big fan of Emma Lovewell because it's kind of like a workout and also a therapy session. It's great. I can't recommend it enough. I enjoy doing it. I look forward to doing it. It's not a chore. But I can't give you a Mount Rushmore because I, I only just pretty much, there's enough you could go back. I haven't done, I'm about to approach my 200th um, workout, if you will. Not ride, but workout but there's still some left, so I haven't ventured out just yet. What is a logical explanation for how Hamzat is yet to be booked? Uh, Dana almost assuredly said he would fight again in 2021. Falling 267, nah, that wasn't going to happen. Now it seems like we may have to wait until March. March! Oh my God, that's in two months. 
Um, let's get the Neil Magny fight. There is no reason. I mean, January was booked. I mean, you have to, you have to, like, they're usually booking these, you know, two, three, four months out unless something crazy happens, like Nathan wanting to fight Dustin. But I think we'll see him March, April. Let's see him against Neil Magny. Hello, Ariel. Since you named McGregor Poirier your rivalry of the year in 2021, it got me thinking about the great rivalries Connor has had throughout his UFC career. His rivalries with Aldo, Nate, Habib, and Poirier have all had um, have all had classic moments and produced some of the biggest fights in UFC history. Which rivalry is your favorite and why? Personally, I have to go with the Diaz one because 196 is the first event I ever watched, and I've been hooked ever since. Um, wow. Aldo, man, the Aldo one was great. The World Tour... That was amazing. The thing that made the Aldo one tough was just the fact that he couldn't engage as much because he didn't speak English. But man, go back to that world tour in Ireland. That was incredible. What a scene that was. That was amazing. The world tour was amazing. I wish we could have that back. Um, Can't do it for every fight. Wouldn't make sense. Obviously can't do it in this day and age that we're living in, but a lot of fun. Khabib, Definitely not one of my favorites. Got too personal. It was just uncomfortable. And no, definitely not. Poirier saw Aldo or Nate. The Nate one was cool because it, that press conference after they announced the uh, the first Nate fight after RDA had to withdraw. I was in London for Michael Bisping versus Anderson Silva. And I remember watching it and I'd be like, man, what a freaking scene that was. Him losing to Nate and coming back. That was a lot of fun. Hmm. I'll go with the Nate one because there were two. And then the buildup was fun. And remember, they had that press conference prior to UFC 197. And Connor didn't show up. And the seat was left open. And they thought that Nate was going to bury him. And he's like, I'm not fighting anyone else. That was, again, I've said it a million times. You could do a whole documentary on those, you know, six months in the UFC. So I'll go with that one. Uh, Sean, do you think Francis Ngannou seriously has a chance versus Tyson Fury? Hmm. I think historically the you know the champion boxer is going to beat the champion MMA fighter in boxing. Now you go to MMA, the MMA fighter is going to win. Steven, hope you and your family have a healthy and happy 2022. Got into Phuket safely and appreciated the eight hours of audio your team provided along the way. Thank you. Um, I, I hope the same for you and yours and for everyone's. Two questions. How long does it take before you refer to a poster on here as a friend? Sometimes you do it. Just wonder how far back you go with them. Technically speaking, we go back to meeting in Montreal 20-ish years ago. Really? The days of both our families stealing DirecTV to watch Pride. I don't remember my family uh, stealing DirecTV to watch Pride. Um, Stephen C. Anyway, I mean, you're all my friends, but I don't know who this is. Anyhow, following up on an old question I had, what about getting some of your UFC buddies on your Monday show more often? I refer to Lionheart all the time to break down the fights. Could add them into the GC segment to give a different POV and find you guys are sometimes literally recapping with the obvious to why GC's bets won or not. Thanks as always for taking all our questions, fighting for better fighter pay. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, when you want someone to come on on a regular basis, you probably have to pay them for that. Um... So I think the format that we have here now works, but it's not a bad idea. Uh, Alec, top of the morning, Ariel. Recently have heard from a few fighters comment not wanting to fight at the apex because of the small octagon. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I can see why. Also, the atmosphere. 
It's just sterile. I know you're not a fan of the Apex in general for events, but the uh, the ring, I think, is what bothers me the most. I feel like that was a bigger thing at the beginning of all of this, not so much now. Um, I really do think that the small octagon can affect the outcomes of fights, definitely. I also think that it's just unprofessional to not have regular cage side. The reason for that is when they built the Apex, the lighting grid was for that smaller cage because they were going to have contender series fights there. And I guess by now they could have changed it, but that's the reason why. Like the, the Apex can realistically and theoretically it, it can house the bigger cage but it's because that place was built with the smaller cage in mind um one fight that comes to mind is izzy versus Jan. yeah you know it'd be interesting to go back and see in an alternate universe fight that happened at the apex fight that happened in a normal arena if they would have gone differently i tend to think the majority of them would have gone the same maybe a few here or there I don't know if Izzy and Jan would have gone any differently, to be honest. Killershaw, I back. This is my first ever good question. Good to have you back, Killershaw. In wrestling, the pop after a good match amplifies with the theme music. A lot of our feel-good moments are associated with it. Do you think UFC should consider playing the entrance music on a lower volume post-victory before Joe Rogan comes in with the mic? Except for the times where there is shock value, for example, Pena winning or Connor's leg break. Give my regards to Srinivas and hello to GC. Not a bad idea, but I don't think it works. It just doesn't work. I don't hate it. But I wouldn't vouch for it. Sometimes just the crowd is enough. Uh, Hugo. Hey, Ariel. Enjoyed the show on Monday. If Israel or Robert pull out of the fight, who would get the shot? Derek or Jared? I mean, why do we put that bad juju out there? Uh, I don't think they're going to pull out of the fight. Who would get the shot? Probably Derek. He's on the longer streak. Uh, I see some guy here is trying to get me to say bad words, like Michael Bisping. They troll Bisping on his thing. And I'm not going to fall for it. Tony, hello, Ariel. With a lot of fight of the year lists, I saw Gaethje versus Chandler and Jan versus Sanhagen. Which of these styles of fights do you enjoy more? The brawling style of Gaethje Chandler or the technical masterclass of Jan Sanhagen? Please no sitting on the fence. I personally feel Jan Sanhagen is what MMA is all about. Thanks. Man, I, it's like picking between, you know, your two kids. They're both amazing. And I feel like the beauty of MMA is that we can appreciate the brawl and we can appreciate the technical masterpiece and we can appreciate the quick knockout and the great submission. And if I had to pick, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. I'm sorry if you think I'm I'm sitting on the fence, but they're both amazing. I will take, like, you, you'll have, to a certain degree, it wasn't Jan Sanhagen, but you'll have, like, Gaethje Chandler, amazing, riveting, incredible. You want to just, like, scream and run through a wall. And then later in the card, you'll have Rose and Zhang Wei Li, and that's somewhat of a technical masterpiece, right? It's It's a different kind of fight. Love them both. Love them both. Can't pick one. Hey, Ariel, what's up with Chael? Spill the tea. Not my tea to spill, but anyone trying to claim that Chael, uh, you know, did anything to his family members, and you know who I'm talking about, they are wrong. Um, Chael's a good man, and he loves his wife more than anything, and she is a saint of a woman. The stuff she does for him, preparing him for, it's just amazing. I'm envious of the way she treats him. It's that incredible. And my wife treats me great, but she goes to a whole different dimension. 
trust me, whatever people were putting out there is not the truth. And that's all I'll say about that. And he's a legend. And he's the man. And he'll always be a good friend. Um, hey, Ariel, any idea who the UFC wants to headline the March pay-per-view? Not quite yet. Maybe Aljo Yan. Um, who's the other one? I don't think Usman. Not the flyweight. Uh, maybe um, Volkanovski Holloway. Not quite Glover. Yeah, maybe those. Uh, hello, Ariel. I was recently looking at some old ESPN first take clips and came across a clip of Dana White completely bashing you in front of Molly Kellerman and Stephen A. regarding the optics of having Rachel Ostovich on the same card as Greg Hardy. What was your reaction when you saw this? Did the leadership at ESPN reach out to you in any capacity? I hope they had your back. That was a weird time because remember, that was the first card on ESPN. It was the January, I think, 19th card. And for some bizarre reason, they decided it was a good call to put Rachel Ostovich, who was just a victim of domestic violence with Greg Hardy on the same card, not against each other, of course, but on the same card. Like, why? Why bring that upon yourself? And so I was on first take, and I think maybe my only appearance on first take, I don't know if that's a coincidence or not. I don't know. Um, and I said it was a bad look. And then Dana got all mad. No, no, nothing really happened. To be honest, that was, you know, uh, what, what are they going to say? He said something live. I don't even remember what this is all about, but I remember on TMZ him saying something. Not so much, maybe maybe vaguely I remember, but no, nothing. Definitely no, uh, hey, man, we got your back. I got that enough, but, you know, towards the end, it was like a lot of things that were happening, and I felt, you know, the main one was the, the aftermath of the Gina thing, and, you know, you kind of figured out what was what after that. Bonus question. Please rank the following MMA Fighters YouTube channel by quality of content and production value. Bisping, Chael, Cormier. I would say Bisping's production has gone up um, exponentially. I'll, I'll, I'll give Chael the nod. I'll say then Bisping, then DC. Uh, Patrick, favorite segment of the week. Two quick questions. Have any other managers, coaches, fighters been either mad or happy with you after your awards show like Captain Eric? No. Captain Eric Albaracin, till this day, 2019 awards, so it was beginning of 2020, I believe, right? Yeah. Won't talk to me because I didn't give him the Coach of the Year award. Now, a part of me is honored that he cares that much, but we had a great relationship, and I can't believe that he still won't talk to me. He seems to think that I led him astray, that I told him this, that, or the other, I gave it to Eugene Behrman after the year that, you know, Izzy and all the CKB guys had, and he still won't talk to me. It's crazy. It bums me out, but I did that one interview last year with uh, Patricia Pitbull, and he was acting all weird. Like, man, life is too short for this crap. I'm sorry if you were upset, disappointed. It's just some guy giving out an award. Like, it's not that serious. That's why I always say highly prestigious and all that. Like, I'm poking fun at it. It's just some guy. There is no committee. It's just me. But that's why I say part of me is honored that you care that much. But, I mean, enough to ruin a friendship. What was it like doing the show with Luke in BC? Fun. And can we expect more of that in the future? Not that I know of, but it was fun. Again, as I always said, there was no beef on this side of the table. 
I keep it 100. If I have beef, I'll tell you. There was no beef here. I don't like when people are, you know, bending the truth, saying lies about me. I'll call that out, which I think I have enough up until this point, but uh, it was fun, you know? The, the crew that they have, the production team that they have is fantastic. It's a very impressive crew. And uh, BC's fun. I haven't worked a lot with him because, you know, when I was gone, I think he used to do the beat. They've got a great thing going, and I hope that everyone has success. There's enough time and real estate and YouTube channels and all that stuff for everyone. Um, can you recall, this is from Will, uh, the most emotional interview that you've ever done? Man, that is tough. Um, well, the, I'll tell you the first one that just comes to mind was when King Mo won the Strike Force title, the light heavyweight title in Nashville, and I went to the back. One of my favorite post-fight interviews ever because he couldn't even stand. He's lying down. He just beat Gegar Musasi. Couldn't stand. Had the belt draped on him. This is when we went into the locker room, and he just kept talking about how he was always second place. He was always second place, and uh, this is the first time that he wins something. And he was crying, and Ryan Parsons was next to him. He was crying, and that was just very emotional. But there have been a lot, man. I mean, I feel like just recently on this show, uh, Adrian Yanez, that was emotional. Um, DC, after you know his loss um, to Stipe, that was emotional. There have been a lot. I'm forgetting them. I probably should do a better job of remembering. But the, the the first one where I really felt that emotion was that King Mo one. Is Sean Strickland's disturbed guy on the edge persona work? I don't know, man. I hope. And I was actually thinking about that recently when I saw some of the tweets. Whatever it is, I don't know who it's appealing to. I guess I hope it's a work, but not the direction that I would go in. Like, I'm all good with personas and whatnot, but I mean... Some of it is just downright offensive, but then other times it's like, man, please tell us this. Like, can you just like wink? Can you just let us know that you're not going to do something to harm yourself or someone else? So I don't know. I honestly don't know, but I hope it is. What is your favorite fan interaction moment of 2021? I mean, there haven't been many um, as of late. Fan interaction moment. You know, it was cool for me, like, when I went did some of those NBA games and people recognized you there. It's like, oh, cool, wow, people know me at an NBA game. Um, or the boxing stuff. I get some really, really, really nice messages on social media, especially on Instagram, where people can write longer about how the shows got them through tough times or gave them an escape. Like, those are the ones that really mean the most to me. So I can't pinpoint one. But uh, when people write that stuff to me, it it, uh, it really, truly, truly means a lot. Like, what am I doing here? I'm sitting, I'm talking in front of a microphone. I can't believe people choose to listen to me, to download, to tune in. And uh, especially if you're having a hard day and you use us as the escape, nothing better than that. How many pay-per-view events should we expect this year? More than 2021? No, 12, 13. Uh, can you give us a preview of some of the up-and-comers that we should be excited about listening to on your show? Last year, a lot of them seemed to come out of the UK. UK doing a great job. Europe doing a great job. Be interested in on your take on who should we be paying attention to. P.S. My 2022 hot take, Vladdy for MVP. Yeah, it'd be nice if they get back to work. Enough of this lockout nonsense. Only baseball, right? 
Come on, guys. What's wrong with you? Ah, read the damn room. Like, this is supposed to be transaction period, hot stove period. No one cares. You're killing yourselves. By the way, pandemic, people losing their jobs, people at home, depressed, sick, lonely. Not the time to be squabbling over multis of millions of dollars. Not the time, guys. Read the freaking room. Up-and-comers, golly. You watch, you know, you watch your LFAs, you watch your Cage Warriors, um, your ACAs, ton of them. Hi, Ariel. So I had COVID over Christmas. I'm very sorry to hear that. This is from Nim. I'm fine now. I had a lot of time on my hands recently. So I ended up watching about four hours worth of Chael Sun and promo content, including everything you put out on Twitter. I did not appreciate him in his time as much. Uh, as I was such a silver mark. So my question is, what's the best Chill Sonnen promo moment for you? Mine is when he asked Tito to tell us another story about a jackal. To me, the ultimate was that black and white interview. He uh, had been suspended in August after the Anderson fight and then didn't do any media for almost an entire year. That was the following July. We're in a hotel room in Las Vegas, July of 2011. And I say to him, Chill. It's nice to see you. And then he says, it's good to be seen. And that's the one with the carrot and the bus. And that's the one with the, you know, the username not required, password not required. I mean, it was just like one hit after the next. So I know that's not like your traditional 30-second promo. Um, but that's my favorite. Anderson Silva, you absolutely suck in the cage is probably one of the more famous ones. But like as far as like a chill interview, that to me is the quintessential one. Any word on who will main event UFC 272? Not yet. Talked about that earlier. Harry, I love Monday's show. I uh, thought GC was a great addition to the MMA Hour Awards. How about that, GC? Realistically, if the PFL loses Kayla Harrison, what do they have left to offer? All the big names they brought in for last season did not work out well, and I've always thought that their production was lacking. I don't agree with the production part. I think their production is fine. I think it's actually quite solid. Um, let's see. I feel like they have a couple of surprises up their sleeves. New TV deal coming up. Do they stay with ESPN? Do they go to a Peacock? Do they go to an Amazon? Do they go to a Turner? We shall see. I obviously think Kayla will be great. I, I think the Kayla 155 thing is going to run its course. I honestly do. So let's see what they have. I feel like they got a couple rabbits to pull out of their hats. So let's see. But yes, keeping Kayla would be great. I mean, she's by far their biggest name. She's a huge talent and a budding superstar and cuts great promos and is an interesting interview and just a very likable person to follow. Um, I would urge them to try their best to keep her. Will. Hi, Ariel. I would love to hear what it is about the Diaz, what it is about Diaz that makes Poirier so excited to get back in the cage so quickly and so on search. Hi, Ariel. Would love to hear what it is about Diaz that makes Poirier so excited to get back in the cage so quickly and on short notice. It's personal. They were supposed to fight back at UFC 230, and they went back and forth, back and forth, um, and a lot has been said. This one is just personal. Also, it kind of makes sense for both of them at this stage of their career, but it's really just, it's, it's personal. And yeah, as Newman notes, money fight, Nate keeps calling him out. But really, I think just they don't like each other. Um, but of course, there's money to be made. Mark. Hi, Ariel. Hope you had a good Christmas and a Happy New Year's too. Thank you. By the way, why do people say Happy New Year's? It should be Happy New Year, no? I guess New Year's Eve. 
When people say, Happy New Year's. Seems weird to me. My question is, do you think considering how reluctant Dana was to announce Carlos Baza versus Thug Rose's next opponent, her unfortunate eye injury at the latest Fury could let someone else take her spot? I hope not. But yes, that was gruesome. By the way, that Fury grappling was really impressive. What a cast of characters they had there. The, you know, the um, conspiracy theorist in me couldn't help but think, oh, they're no longer in the Suge business, Submission Underground. Now they're going to build up this one. Um, and that's fine, you know, that's business. But I just thought it was, wow, that was really impressive. Also very smart to put it on at the end of the year. You get all these big names on there. Rose is supposed to be on. She unfortunately got COVID, but there was, you know, uh, Neil Magny and Kevin Holland and Carla Sparza and Clay Guida and Donald Cerrone and Sean Brady, and the list goes on and on. Very impressive. Not a lot going on. They should try to do that as a yearly thing, in my opinion. But yes, I hope that we get Esparza versus Rose too. Ariel, you've sometimes mentioned how you won't report on a story until you've got a second source. Has anyone ever given you a false story in an attempt to discredit you? Um, I don't think, no, I don't think anyone has ever tried to lead me astray. I will say, someone has told me something in the past, like, yeah, this is good, you could go with it, and then I found that it wasn't. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't report that. Um, that has definitely happened. So it's a good lesson to anyone out there. You should always have two sources. I would also say in 2016, when the UFC thought that there was a mole, they would put out internal information about fake fights, thinking that I would grab one of these and report it and catch the mole. But of course, there was no mole. I didn't have anyone on the inside. And so I never got any of the fake fights. They even thought that I was on like conference calls and stuff. It was that crazy. Never happened. I was never on a conference call, never on the emails, none of it. Just had sources like any other reporter has sources. Crazy. Hey, Ariel from Terrence. Can we have Connor pick fantasy drafts for DraftKings since everyone can bet on that? Also, what are the chances we get Connor versus Nate in Connor's own promotion in 2023? Mm. I mean, oh, 2023, I guess it's possible. Or maybe they just have like a one-off. I think this is one of the UFC's biggest fears, for sure. I mean, I think they don't want anyone to do that. So I think there is a chance, especially with Connor two fights left, one fight left. I would be crazy to say no chance. Connor, what's he talking about here? Pick fantasy drafts for DraftKings? Yeah, like DraftKings fantasy lineups. Yeah, we're doing that, right? So, yeah, so we have a league. He's saying like, yeah, like pick my team and everything. But I'm going against everyone, so yeah. I, I can't do that. Are we doing that for uh, the first one? Oh, yeah. We're we're going to go all year long. We had someone won some money. I think it was El Cubano. Yeah, yeah. He calls yeah, himself. Yeah, he won a, a decent amount of money off uh, off the first one. Hopefully, I'm, I'm really starting to figure out how to commission him. So uh, we're getting better every week with it. We'll be back with, for the for the Cater Giga one. All right, cool. Uh, Rami, uh, Helwani, will we ever see you work an NBA game again? I know there are obvious hurdles, but you are the living proof that if there is a will, there is a way. I would love it. Additionally, but no no plans at the moment. Uh, it was fun. It was definitely fun. Like there were moments where I was like, man, I can't believe I'm working Christmas Day here. Christmas Day in Canada? This is wild. Man, Kawhi Leonard just had a triple-double in Miami, and I'm the guy interviewing him as he walks off. Crazy. How did I end up here? Definitely had a lot of those moments. Additionally, I was hoping you could go into detail about your Instagram Live with the Buffalo Bills. Yes, that was yesterday. 
What did it mean to you? And is there potential for more collaboration with them in the future? No uh, potential for any of that. What happened was every time, so I would, I, obviously I love the Bills, and I would notice that I tweet about them, I retweet them, I just, and I felt like they would never engage with any of my stuff. Now, I'm not, the, like, I don't care. You don't need, uh, part of it was a bit of a joke as well, but like, it got to the point where they would put out a lot of these sort of like celeb video. Here are celeb fans wishing us luck or talking about the bills. And I was like, man, I feel like you see my stuff. I'm verified. Can I not get a like? Can I not get a, a something, a, a, a fist bump or something? So then when I would go on McAfee's show and other people's show, I would talk about how I love the bills, but I feel like their social media is ignoring me. Like I'd see them interact with people in the comments. Oh, I just want some love. They, they had like a contest. Oh, show us your jersey. Here I am with my Thurman Thomas jersey. Nothing. Not a mention. Not a like. Not a nothing. I'm not begging for anything, but it's just be nice to be acknowledged. The Buffalo Bills my favorite team. So then I mentioned it on uh, Slow News Day with the great Kevin Clark. And then all of a sudden, voila. They've, they followed me, and now we're buds. And so it was nice to get that recognition. But it's cool, man. Like, you're a kid, and you're like, wow, I'm talking to the Buffalo Bills. Of course you're not. I mean, you're talking to someone who works for the Bills. But it just feels cool. So it was a nice moment, and it was kind of a, a nice conclusion to that saga of me saying that they weren't, you know, paying attention to me. All in good fun. Relax, everyone. Uh, potential to do more? No, but it's fun to be a fan. It's really fun to be a fan. It's fun to be acknowledged by your team. I did something very briefly with the Knicks last year in the playoffs. It's a crazy thing for me that people even want me to be a part of any of this. Uh, I just grew up a diehard, diehard fan of these teams. And I can't wait till the Expos come back and I'll do stuff with them as well. Uh, Jordan, hey, Ariel. Why do you think the UFC has struggled to consistently have a marquee star at heavyweight? Lesnar's run was short-lived. Kane and JDS were in huge draws. Kane, you know, had a nice run. DC was underappreciated. Considering boxing's rich history, I mean, look at what they're doing with Francis. That's for one. But I, I think because, well, Stipe wasn't really willing to get behind all the promotion stuff to a degree. But because the heavyweight fights are so unpredictable, no one was holding the belt for more than two, max three uh, title defenses. It was moving around like a hot potato. So they haven't had that dominant star for five years. But let me tell you something. When you have that star like Francis Ngannou, you better promote the hell out of him because there's a lot of money to be made there. Are they going to add a co-mate to UFC 271 in Feb or stick with Kennedy or Brunson? Seems like that's what they're going with. Um, all right, just a few here. Matthew, hey, Ariel, happy Wednesday. Do Nate and Dustin actually have a fight in the next three months? I'll say Yes. If so, what happens to DP if Nate wins and or him? What are you most excited for this year? I'm really excited for Nganu versus Gan. Um, I'm excited for Izzy to return. Feels like it's been a while, June, since we last saw him. I'm excited for Jan Sterling. I'm excited for Glover versus Yuri. I'm excited to see if Islam can come, you know, to the mountaintop as well. Excited to see if Usman can break the records. Um, does Hamzat get the shot? Excited for Leon to finally get his title shot. I'm excited for the Peña Nunez rematch. I'm excited for Rose versus Carla too. Um, I know I'm mentioning a lot here. Excited for Max versus uh, Volkanovski three. It's a lot to be excited about. AJ McKee over in Bellator. Happy New Year. Two quick questions. With his sharp boxing and great takedown defense, what type of fighter has the best chance of beating Piotr Jan? Hmm, good question. What type of fighter? Um, I think Dillashaw could be an interesting one. 
got the wrestling. He's got the boxing. Marab would be an interesting one. Marab would be an interesting one. I'll say Dillashaw Marab. Um, do you think Cejudo will come back to fight Jan if Jan keeps winning? I think Cejudo's going to fight again. Who, when, where, why, how? I don't know, but I think he fights again. Hey, Ariel, Happy New Year. I hope you and the family had a great holiday period with the UFC. Thank you. Uh, potentially coming to London in March, hopefully. Is there any chance of them returning to Ireland? I haven't heard, but yes, I hope. I hope. Those crowds are amazing. There was an event scheduled for August 2020, COVID scrapped. Ian Gary, Dean Barry. Um, could we see a possibility of a Dublin event in the near future? I would love it. Also, when will Hiwani make his return to the streets of Dublin? Oh, I would love it. I need to do something there. I want to go back there. It was great, but no plans as of right now. Sam Watkins, not to be confused with the wide receiver. Yo, Ari, I love the award show. GC added some nice regular guy answers in between yours and New York Rick's compelling arguments. LOL, nothing but love for you, GC. I just want to comment that I do enjoy the weekly events at the Apex, if only for the fact that I can get it every weekend. UFC has become my Saturday event, and when it's not on, I miss it. Okay, cool. I, by the way, I'm not advocating against the weekly Saturday thing. I do think the roster suffers and the card suffers. I'm just saying, can we get out of that place? That's all. But they were doing, by the way, they were doing weekly Saturday events all over the damn world, you know, two years ago. That's all. Of course, events with a big crowd are awesome, but I take 45 events a year over just 12. I'm not advocating for 12 events. Of course, I want more. The fighters get paid more. I'm just saying the apex is getting a little stale for me. How much do you think the UFC wants this diaz Poirier fight to happen? I think to a degree. I don't think they're going crazy gaga over it, but to a degree. Um, it would be Nate's last fight on his contract. They're not going to... I would be shocked if they give him this as their last fight, as his last fight. I'd be shocked. And I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to explore some other options outside the UFC. I also wouldn't be surprised if somehow the UFC somehow doesn't make this fight happen. Delays Nate's contract, yes, which has happened already, and waits for Connor. Yeah, that could happen. What do you think? That could happen. It's all up in the air right now with Nathan. Does he fight Dustin and get maybe one fight added on there, the Connor fight? There's really two big fights for, for Nathan at this juncture in the UFC, right? Number one would be the Connor fight. I would say number two would be the Dustin fight. Of course, there's other fights out there that you can have, and they'd be lovely. Oh, him versus, I don't know, Tony Ferguson or something like that. But those are like the big ones that have rich history behind them right now. So they want those two fights. And if he wins those two fights, there'll be some, you know, momentum behind them. But the question is, he's now to that interesting spot in a fighter's career where there's one fight left. You want to roll the dice? One fight? Go fight Dustin Poirier, you win, and then you go make millions elsewhere. Dicey, dicey. Super dicey, dicey. So this is the game being played, and I think January 22nd is just not, you know, I mean, it's it's coming it's coming up in, what, what 17 days? It's not incredibly realistic. It could happen. It could happen as we speak. I'm not going to rule it out. But could it happen in the next three months? Sure. I think a scenario where maybe he fights this one, gets another fight added on, we'll see. I think the days of him signing six-fight deals are over, and I wish every fighter would go down that path. Four-fight, fine. Six, eight, crazy. Uh, I think those days are over for Nathan, but yeah, one of the many interesting stories to follow. Uh, what's up with Crone Gracie? This is from Jake. Uh, my good friend, Guilherme Cruz, the Brazilian beast, just spoke to his dad about his future. Go check that out right now on MMAfighting.com. Yeah, it seems like it's up in the air at the moment. Interesting, right? 
final question. Congrats on another fantastic year as MMA's number one journalist. Thank you. I had a brief conversation with you at the UFC 214 Open Workouts, and you are one of the most genuine individuals slash celebrities I've ever met. I don't know about the second part, but thank you. See, I'm not such a bad guy, right? I appreciate it. Um, I want to piggyback off Monday's episode of Bull Predictions. My prediction is that Aaron Blanchfield will be a top five flyweight by year's end. I could see it happening for sure. Uh, very talented, very young. Furthermore, I think she beats Valentina and becomes champ by the end of 2023. What do you think of this prediction? Am I too bold or can you actually see this happening? Will I go out and say it myself? No, too much respect for Valentina. Do I think it's the perfect bold prediction? Yes. That's a bold prediction. Now, it's technically a bold prediction for 2023, but even the top five, top five is not the boldest because I think she's in that vicinity. Um, is she ranked? She's in that vicinity of getting into, I mean, there's not a ton of great talent, right? At, at Let me take that back. There's, there's, there's a path for her to get into the top five by the end of the year if she is active and gets the right kind of fights. I'm just trying to scroll down here. Yeah, so MMA fighting has her tied for 14th. Shevchenko won, Andrade two, Chukagian three, Juliana Velasquez, Lauren Murphy, Jennifer Maya, Liz Carmouche, Tyler Santos, who I suspect will probably be next for Shevchenko, Alima Le McFarlane, Joanne Wood, Viviani Arujo, Andrea Lee, Alexa Grasso, Aaron Blanchfield. Blanchfield Grasso would be good. Yeah, I could see it happening. Beating Shevchenko, that's bold. I'm not going to co-sign, but I respect it. All right? Boom. 431. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who sent in questions. I appreciate you all more than you know. Thank you to everyone who is tuning in. Thank you to everyone who continues to rate, download, subscribe, and review. Um, and that's it. It's been a great day. I hope it's not too icy outside. I hope you're all safe and sound. Derek, you'll stay right here. Where are you? There you are. Uh, no huge events coming up this weekend. So enjoy the rare, very quiet weekend in combat sports. And then it all picks up next weekend. And we're back on Monday and Wednesday and uh, for the foreseeable future as well. So you can hit my music, Frank. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to all the guests. What a fun, fun show it was. A fun lineup, an eclectic mix of characters. Taitu Vasa, what a guy. What a star. So unique, so special to be able to break through in this day and age and connect with people the way in which he does. Like when he fights, when he scores those knockouts, when he celebrates the way in which he does, everyone loves it. Everyone reacts to it. Good for him, man. Not that long ago, he was on that losing streak and you're wondering, like, is this guy going to come and realize his potential? Is he going to fall by the wayside? Look at him. Killing it. Four in a row, four finishes. Three in the first round, one in the second. I think the win over Greg Hardy did him a lot of good, if I'm being honest. So congratulations to him on all the success. Thank you very much to him for coming on. Thank you very much to Derek Lewis for coming on. It's so good to catch up with him, even though I'm still not quite sure if he likes me or doesn't. I think he does. I think he does. 
but uh, it's always great to talk to the Black Beast and a huge win for him. And it was some honest stuff from him about the nerves and the pressure and can't believe that the anniversary of that fight was on the same day of his release 13 years ago. Incredible stuff. So him versus Stipe would be great. Let me sign up for that if I can as well. Thank you very much to Tommy Fury. I know he's not a traditional MMA fighter. Cool your jets. It's an MMA story. And that's that. Learn to live with it. And I know you all accept it. And I know you all agree. I really do. Shout out to the GOAT, Artem Lobov. Great, passionate, fiery stuff from him. A pleasure, as always. And shout out to all of you. Thank you to GC and the entire crew. Back on Monday, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from user testing. Reading minds is hard. Good news is you don't have to. Remove the guesswork by including direct customer feedback using user testing at each stage of the product development process. Companies need to move quickly to build experiences that meet changing customer expectations, all while minimizing risk and costly rework. With user testing, you can get rapid feedback from your target audiences so that you can make higher confidence decisions earlier and faster. Design, develop, deliver, and optimize products and experiences with confidence and less risk. Start your free test today at usertesting.com slash Vox.